Episode 193, Hotshot. It's been a few weeks. When I was doing my notes, I was like, oh yeah, that happened. We didn't talk about that. And we didn't talk yes. about that and that happened. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It has been a while. Well, I want you to know that I've been thinking long and hard how I wanted to start this episode 193. Okay. I know that it's probably, you would say, not a very good idea to begin this type of podcast with a downer topic. I tried to stay away from that on the radio. I mean, you didn't start with... Did you guys ever do downer topics on your show? Ever? If there was something big happening in the world, did you ever do downer topics? Or I, no? I think we always looked at it as people probably come to us to get away from stuff. Yes. Because there's 800 channels doing yes. that stuff. Yes. So, no, not really. So, it's probably not a good idea to do what I'm about to do, but I kind of feel like episode one. And what I mean by that is when I decided to do the podcast... I was like, okay, I'm not doing the podcast podcast until I do episode one. Okay. I can't just go in and pretend like, all right, we're doing shows again yeah. without doing episode one. Well, I kind of feel like we can't just start laughing and chatting about all the fun topics that we missed over the last two weeks without acknowledging what has dominated most of our hearts the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make a proposal here. As we begin episode 193. Okay. This is normally the T segment, segment, right? Yep. I propose a quick pre-tease segment. All right. So we do a pre-tease segment, stop, and then we do the T segment and we get on with the show. Is right. that fair? I'll be out of here by Labor Day. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Let's go. Because after all, I've been told that listeners can fast forward past these five minutes if they want and get to the laughy part. Yeah. They have ways to do that on podcasts. So they don't, no, no one has to listen to what I'm about to say. Yeah. But I do feel like I want to say it before we begin laughing and having fun. I was wondering how you were going to handle it because it does feel a little cheap to mention it at the end of the show. No, we're not going to mention it at the end right. of the show. Right. So that, after me to the, but yeah. you might say, well, you shouldn't talk about it at all because people come to Mitch Unfiltered to get away from that stuff. They can go, but I, I don't think I'd be true to myself if I yeah. didn't say it because it's really been in my heart like every single day since it's happened. Yep. In life, almost nothing remains the same. Everything changes all the time. I think most people agree. But there's one thing that I believe in my lifetime and in everybody's lifetime has never changed. And you tell me whether the following statement was true when I was born on April 11, 1967, and whenever I die, I believe the following statement will still be true. There is simply nothing worse in the world than a tragedy involving kids. Yeah. Period. Hard to argue. Horrible things happen every single day in this world, but nothing ever was or will be as harsh and as awful as losing wonderful, innocent children. And so what I wanted to do to start episode 193 is just... Make sure that people know as we laugh and we talk about sports and stuff that doesn't matter, that the following names are on my mind and in my heart. Nevaeh Bravo, Jacqueline Jalen Cazares, McKenna Lee Elrod, Jose Flores, Eliana Garcia, Uzziah Garcia, Emery Garza, Xavier Lopez, Jace Levanos, Tess Mata, Miranda Mathis, Alithia Ramirez, Annabelle Rodriguez, Mete Rodriguez, Alexandria Rubio, Layla Salazar, Jayla Silguero, 
Eliana Torres, Rogelio Torres, and the two teachers, Ava Morales and Irma Garcia. I'm not gonna make this a political segment, the pre-tease. I just want to acknowledge that these 21 innocent people are in both of our hearts yep. as we begin and we record this episode 193. Unfiltered. So now the tease segment of episode 193. And what do I say right at the tease, the front of the tease? Each yeah, and every week it's now? this new tradition you think is going to last or you want to <laughs> give me a stump the band question to try to make me look foolish because as you know, I'm a sports expert. I've got two stump the band questions. Oh, great. Can't because wait. I'm really trying for you to get one right. <laughs> And one is non-sports really? trivia. One is non-sports. Oh. It's right down your alley. So I have a chance. I think you do. Let's go. Okay. Stump the band. Question number one. This is the sportsy one. Okay. Tennis trivia. Oh, how, God. How are you with when tennis trivia? When I played trivia? Trivial Pursuit, I would always go for the orange ones. I'd be all excited. I landed on so sports. So you get tennis. And I get tennis or golf or something I know nothing about. Okay. Hot shot. Rafael Nadal won another French Open title over the weekend. That's his 22nd major title. That's two more than both Federer and Djokovic. He's now played in 115 matches at the French Open. At the French Open, okay. Roland Garros, 115 matches he's played in in his life. All right. What is his career record in those 115 matches? So it has to add up to 115? Is that what we're doing here? Wins and losses? God, you're good. Uh... I mean, he's good, even though his footsie fell asleep during the match, he says. You, you know he's great. Yeah. You know he's great there. What is his record? Come on. You're going to get this right. What is his record in 115 career matches on the French clay of the French Open? If it was like 115, it wouldn't be a good question. So I'm just going to go 115 and 0 on the French clay. I mean, why else would you ask? You don't think he's ever lost a match? First of all, a, a trivia question with a number is really not a good trivia question. <laughs> I, I, I hate to be the one to tell you. Okay, uh... He's 112-3. and three. Yeah, that's pretty good. I assumed he was great. He's played in 17 versions of the French Open, and he's won 14 of them. Incredible. He's won 14 French Opens. So he's the, is he the... Out of 17. The greatest of all time? Are we talking that? Well, he's or? the greatest on that surface. On that surface, okay. It, it, you know, somebody else can debate whether he's the greatest of all time. He's won more than anybody else, but he's won so many of them at the one place. He's won yeah. 14 out of his 22 <laughs> I'm the same in way. one place. I go to Orange on Trivial Pursuit because I can't <laughs> get the rest of them. I'm the best on Orange. <laughs> okay. Stump the band question number two. I'm ready. This one I'm going to get. It should be right down your alley. You're a pop culture guy. What about up my Movie. alley? Down and up? Both of those? Up your alley? Down your alley. Is it up your alley? I don't know. <laughs> this should be right up your alley. Okay, good. All right, yeah, right up your alley. All right, good. Right up your alley. Let's do it. Okay, Top Gun. Oh, the Have new one. Have you seen the sequel? I don't know. What is it called? Yeah, I think it's called Top Gun Maverick. Maverick? Yeah, because that's Have his you name seen in it? the movie. Do you plan to see it? Yes. Well, my father-in-law, it's like his Top Gun original is like his favorite movie. Yes. So I think I'm going to wait till he comes up from Arizona. Then Because my family's got no interest okay, in it. Okay, I'm, I'm here to tell you I never saw Top Gun, the original movie. Didn't hear anything good about that one, huh? In the summer of 86? I never watched it. Like, took I over never, the world? I never was interested in it. I never watched Take it. Take My Breath Away, the song. It was, like, huge, no? What were you doing? Uh, be quiet. Uh, Jack Nicholas <laughs> is on the 10th hole here. I got to watch this. <laughs> yeah, Jack Nicholas on the 10th. I was listening to Barry Manilow. I don't know what I was doing. All right. I wasn't interested in Top Gun. I'm, like, the only person yes. of my age ever that didn't see the original Top Gun. So I have no plans to watch. You're actually a better sequel. age for it than I am. Of I'm, course I am. I'm 12. No, I liked it a lot. I, yeah. I, I was yeah. No, I didn't see it. But at 19? No. I mean, come on. That's I'm the only one who didn't oh see it. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I'm okay. the only one who didn't see it. All right. 
Anyway, the question is, the new Top Gun has now grossed domestically $291 million. I think $549 million around the world. Oof. But $291 million, which makes it the number one grossing film domestically that Tom Cruise has ever made. Mm. Who did it beat out? What Tom Cruise movies, in other words? What Tom Cruise movie was number one yeah. in terms of grossing domestic dollars that is now no longer number one because of this Fakakta Top Gun Maverick? If it's not Cocktail, then I don't want to know it's what not, the answer is. I saw <laughs> That one you saw. Well, it's funny because I have his top six. <laughs> oh, okay. I've seen none of them. Yeah. <laughs> cocktail, not on the but top six. But I saw six. all the right moves. Yeah. Oh. I saw Cocktail. Elizabeth Shue. Whoever was coming down the ladder or up the ladder on the boat it made me a man. I, which which movie was that? Cocktail. Cocktail yeah. yeah, it was the older guy's girlfriend or yes. what? Oh. Yes. Woo. Yes. I guess Kelly McGinnis did not have the same draw for me as Elizabeth Shue <laughs> yeah. because I saw Cocktail. <laughs> yeah. I saw all the right moves. I've seen. What about the Tom Outsiders? Cruise? The gang no, movie. You didn't see that. No. He was in that. Okay. I've seen Tom. I think I saw Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Was, <laughs> I mean, that was Does a, that count? That was a later. Yeah, it counts. But I never saw any of these top six domestic grossing movies. So. <sighs> You've got Mission Impossible Fallout. You've got Mission, I don't know, Mission Impossible Gla- Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol, I guess three. Rogue Nation. Oh, yeah. But what is what was number one? So none of the Mission Impossible. None of the Mission Impossibles were number one. That was the trick of the question. I should know this, because I definitely would have said Mission Impossible. Uh, I've never even heard, I don't even think I've ever heard of the movie that's number one. I certainly have never seen it. It apparently is a Steven Spielberg movie. Oh, yeah, it's a it's it's a remake, right? Of War of the Worlds. War, yeah, with uh, uh, who was the guy that did it on the radio? Who read War of the Worlds on the oh, radio? Oh yeah, the yeah, big yeah, director, yeah. the big yeah. enormous guy, and people were jumping out of windows because yes. they thought it was real that yes. aliens had landed. Yes. So yeah, War of the Worlds. It's That's the number, number two. Well, that was the number one grossing wow. Tom Cruise movie, if you can call it a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. Uh, before this Top Gun Maverick. Schmageggy came along. I mean, when is he not? I mean, when does he turn to box office poison? He just, he never, like, there he was a- prints money. There was a point where- And he's a weird guy, isn't he? And he's little. Well, <laughs> is he little? A lot, of, a lot of questions here. Okay, yes. But there was a point where yeah. the movie company said, I think we're out on you. We're done. So they, they parted ways with him. So he just started financing things himself, kind of just oh, betting God. on himself. He's got to have a lot of money. So he's rolling in it now because the, the movie company said, you're too old. You can't be a leading man. You're not a And yet I won't star. go to any of his movies. Really? Yeah, because they're this genre I don't like. You're not an action no, star guy? No, I never saw an, I never saw one Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Oh, my no, gosh. No, saw none of them. You don't have that in Never you, saw you, Rambo. Never saw this genre. I never saw any of it. What about Liam Neeson and Taken? Don't even oh, know what it is. Oh, so good. Now, wait a second. Wasn't Liam Neeson also, also Oscar Schindler? I think he was, actually. Now, yes. that I saw. That's that's a little <laughs> different. A tat, well, <laughs> that I saw. Taken and that not too different. Very uplifting. Yeah, frick. that's right. Part yeah. two, Electric Boogaloo is awesome. Schindler's List part two, Electric Boogaloo. No. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, that, that's, that's not my joke, but I love that. From Someone said that. I don't know who it was. Part two was great. Uh, I didn't see part one. Uh, so you're not a Tom Cruise guy? I See, I thought no, you would I like said, him. I, no, I don't have any problem with Tom Cruise. As but, I said, I've seen a lot of his movies. It's this It's this action. Uh, it doesn't do anything for me. Wow. Plus, I don't. I think my kids wanted me to watch one of the Mission Impossible. I think I watched the old TV show where oh, they, uh, yeah. this thing is going to self-destruct That's in right. five seconds. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember the old TV show. I think I'm old enough to remember the old TV show, kind of, sort of. 
But the the movies, no, no. You don't have any of that like bravado, tough guy. I'm gonna kick no, everyone's ass. No, or... I don't want any of that. Really? Never saw oh, a rock man. movie. The Rock. Oh, yeah. No. Or how about the the movie The Rock was also good with uh, Sean Connery. Never saw it. Oh my gosh! You hate all it. no Fast and Furious. You probably hate never, all that. Cr- oh, I not hate it. I never saw it. Sh- Vin Diesel. Yeah, couldn't point him out Hob- in the lineup. Have no idea. Hobbs and Shaw, whatever that's called. Oh, no, Shaw and no, Hobbs. No. Oh man. Starsky and Hutch. I saw <laughs> that. That one you like, huh? <laughs> Mitch Unfiltered is available on all major podcast platforms. <laughs> that guy had a hit song, by the way. I'm going to look it up. Go ahead. Which one of them. Guy? One of them had a hit song. Oh, I know that. David Soul. Yeah. Is that yeah. his name, David yeah, Soul? I think so. Okay, go ahead. I'll find I, th- it. I think so. No. No, David Soul wasn't one of Starsky and Hutch. He was a singer, David Soul. One of them had a hit song, yeah, though. Schneider? Schneider? No. Schneider? You, now no. you're confusing the Dukes of Hazard. I'll find it. <laughs> oh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe it is David Let Soul. Let me handle this guy. You okay. just go ahead and read. Mitch Unfiltered is available on all major podcast platforms. Please, please, please rate us and review us on Apple. Become a Mitch Unfiltered patron at $5 a month and have access to all the bonus shows with Danny O'Neill and Slick Hawk. And if you'd like to be a patron with access and the $5 a month is an issue, if it really truly is an issue, just write me at Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com and I'll take care of you. Okay? What'd you find out? Kenneth Hutchins was played by David Soul. David Soul. And he had a song called Don't Give Up On Us. Oh, yeah. I think I know the Don't song. Don't give up on us, baby. It's like, da, the, it's like the softest, da, da, da. weakest song you could ever... Don't call that song weak. That was a fabulous song. I'm not saying I don't like it, but compared to an action hero guy, <laughs> this song, Don't Give Up On Us, he may have actually had another one, but Don't Give Up On Us was a pretty big hit. How many hit singles does Tom Cruise have? <laughs> That's exactly right. David Soul's got one up on him for sure. Gee. <laughs> okay, uh, Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com if you have anything to say about the show. Dear Mitch... I've been listening to you since you came on the air with KJR back in the mid-90s. I was just in high school at that point. Yes, They have to throw that in. They do, yes. In in August of 2017, I returned from climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, and you were no longer on the air. It was a bit of a shock. As time passed and your story came out, I missed not hearing your voice and also became worried about you and your place in life. It outwardly seemed like you had the world by the tail, but obviously there was something more going on inside, And I understand what that feels like more now than ever. Recently, I was devastated to find out that my wife of 20 years had been cheating on me for the past two. It was crushing. We have three kids together. She was not only my spouse, but she was my best friend. The feelings of loss and betrayal are beyond words. I wanted to let you know that part of the reason I've survived these last six months is because I go for a run every night for an hour And I listen to your shows. It temporarily allows my mind to escape the pain that is my new reality. Know that what you provide is far more than just commentary and conversation on sports and life events. Thank you for that. And please feel free to send me a bill for the therapy sessions. I mean, that's arguably the nicest thing someone could say about the show. Because when you started it, that's exactly. kind of what you wanted, right? That's exactly what I Unfiltered. Wanted. Maybe someone can get more out of it than just goofing around about sports. And, and- now that I find out that we've accomplished it, at least for one guy, it's right. over. That's right. We'll see you later. By the way, how about this guy running an hour a night? That's what being, that's what being <laughs> single that, will do to you. Is that what you get out of this? <laughs> is that what has to happen to me you, to get in shape? <laughs> you know what that's like? That's what I that's get out like of That's like me yeah. sending out a picture of something and people looking to see what was in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I have on the wall? Oh, what was yeah, on your laptop? It. That's what you just did. <laughs> that's what I did, yes. Okay, you, you I'm happy for him. Okay. He's getting his life together. Good for him. I'm happy for us that we can provide that kind of service. Yes. Hi, Mitch. I've been a longtime listener, 1999. Now I'm really enjoying the podcast. 
I know sound quality has been very important to you over the years. Oh, boy. And I agree with your anti-cell phone stance as someone that appreciates clear audio. I understand why you and Scott sniff and totally get the reference. However, you guys tell so many jokes, it's like sitting next to a person on an airplane with a cold. Awful. Please, for the sake of sound quality, Mitch, can you leave the sniffs until the final segment? Do we do it that much, though? I don't feel like we do. Maybe we don't realize. <laughs> Maybe we don't rec- realize it or recognize Signed it. Signed, Anthony. See, I don't think we do it all that. And by the way, he's not the first person to complain about it. So oh we, no! So we've scaled it back. I think. I don't know. I don't feel like we do it that much. Anyway, okay. I think we do. I guess we'll have to stop. <laughs> Fine. Fair enough. Dear Mitch from Robin and Edmonds, I need to share some advice with my fellow listeners and subscribers. So this is an email that Robin, he or she, sent to me, but really is for the listeners. So I'm, I'm just relaying it. I'm the middleman. I like it. Okay. We're, we're one big family because people gave me great advice about my ticket that I got in Federal Way. Really? Yeah, I had a few people reach out. Well, yeah, you're not going to pay full price for that thing. You're going to plead it down, aren't you? Full price. They're, they say right back, say, that wasn't me driving. They can't prove it. The guy said, I've had six of them. They've all gone away. Now, I don't now look, oh, I'm, I'm not on. I'm not a That's lawyer. Not I'm not happening. telling you to do it. That's I'm just telling happening. you what people told me and well, I'm going to try it. I got something in that same vein okay, for right. later on in the show. Uh, I need to share some advice with my fellow listeners and subscribers. So don't don't bother, Mitch. Don't don't just let me do this. It's a podcast, not radio. Yet many of you continue to complain like you're listening to a radio broadcast. You are not required to listen to any part of said podcast. Some of you complain to Mitch in emails and on Twitter like you are stuck listening to him over the radio during your drive time commute. You have a 30-second skip button. You can use your finger and scroll along to a later point in the podcast. Complaining about golf segments or Scott's cringy jokes at the end of the podcast is like complaining about free chips and salsa at a Mexican restaurant. (laughs) If you don't like them, don't eat them. That's really funny. This is is why we love podcasts. Yeah. And none of us are listening to the radio over the air anymore. 16 minutes broken down into 40 minutes of ads and 20 minutes of actual contact is broken and it's a dying model. We get hours from con- hours of content from Mitch each week with mere minutes of ads. You can skip if you'd like. <laughs> Robin and Edmonds Cring- is pissed off and not... See, I cringy knew, jokes, I though. Know, I knew it. I, you can't listen to the email. You're, I can't. As soon as I threw that I in. Focused, I focused yeah, yeah, on the wrong lost. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, By the way, Robin's right. I mean, who would reach out to a podcast host to complain about something? He's completely <laughs> right. I agree with him. That's bizarre behavior. Yeah, you shouldn't do it. Oh, Guests on this episode 193, we've got a whopper. We do. Yes. Yes. I don't recall... Whether you and Tracy Taylor worked together with us on our show, you worked together at Cube, but we never all worked together, did we? Or did did I never ran the board when she did traffic? There was another woman there, okay, that did traffic. It wasn't Tracy. Okay, yeah, but I've known her forever because we're like, I mean, you don't have that many coworkers from six to ten a.m. in that building, right? I mean, it was you and Fish or Sam Meyer, but she was just a coworker. For well, if years. I had a nickel for every email that I've received that says, get Tracy Taylor on the show. Yeah. Why isn't Tracy Taylor every every tweet? Get Tracy Taylor on. When is Tracy Taylor on? 48 cents. I was going to say 35. Oh, yeah. I guess it had to be a five. Yeah. Or yeah. she's on. She is. Episode 193. She makes her Mitch Unfiltered debut, which is actually not true. Because she was once on Mitch Unfiltered briefly 
via your phone, like on the speakerphone. Yeah, but no? it wasn't it wasn't unfiltered per se. It was like a it fun. It was filtered. Yes, it was very filtered. Yeah. It was a show we did for patrons. Oh, like it a was? Zoom, like it we was? did like a fun. And you called her. Yes, I FaceTimed her because somebody was at. Because at the end, you were at taking questions, and someone yeah. said, "Whatever happened to Tracy?" And, Why don't you put Tracy well, yeah, on the well, show? Probably. And she was still doing. You know, she was a big shot TV star. And yes. I was like, "Well, I don't know if she can. Let's ask her." So, so I just you got FaceTimed her, her. FaceTimed her and put her up to the camera. And she said, I'd have to ask my bosses. She did say that. Well, now she doesn't have bosses anymore. <laughs> At least ones that give a crap. TV bosses. <laughs> yeah. So Tracy Taylor's going to be Woo! on episode 193. Love it. I love Trace. Randy Mueller, former NFL GM, Seahawks, Dolphins, and Saints. He was a regular during the NFL football season on yes. Mitch Unfiltered. I haven't had him on the show. I have not discussed anything with him, even since the Russell Wilson trade to Denver. We have never gotten his oh, opinion okay. of the Russell Wilson trade to Denver. So I thought, it's high time. My mom always used to say that. It's high time yeah, like high that time. we get Randy Mueller back on the show so we can catch up on Russell Wilson trades and rumors. Have you heard the rumor coming out of Denver I was going to talk about in segment number one? I saw one? some Fakakta videos coming out of Denver. and I don't know. What How much he wants? I'll save it for... Yeah, for please do. One. Anyway, Randy Mueller is going to be back on. And then, I don't know that you know this story because you're kind of you're kind of busy with with girls softball oh, yeah. and your job and your life. And you're, not, and, you're right not now, a, yeah. and you're not a golf guy. <laughs> you're not a golf guy. But at the PGA Championship, maybe you've seen the story. At the PGA Championship a few weeks ago, okay. Tiger played. Yep. And he was in the rough and he was hitting a shot. And there was a picture, somebody snapped a picture, obviously, of Tiger hitting this shot. And the gallery behind him, because he's in the rough, he's off the fairway. So there's all these people behind him that are surrounding him. You've seen this. Uh, as he hits the shot. Mm -hmm. There's like 25 people in the shot behind him, like watching it. Every one of them has their camera, has their phone out taking pictures. Literally every yeah. single one of them has their phone out taking video or pictures of Tiger Woods. Except for one guy. <laughs> okay. One guy is standing there. He's got no phone. He's got a Michelob Ultra in his hands. Do you know this story? No, I don't. This, this picture went viral. Okay. As pictures go. And the Michelob Ultra guys went crazy. Oh, wow. This guy is now an official. He's now the Michelob Ultra guy. He's on Good interviews all over the world. <laughs> They've got T-shirts about him. They've yeah. already done a commercial. You probably wow. maybe haven't seen the commercial. He's, his likeness is on a can. He's the Michelob. He's like a CPA from Kansas City, Missouri. Unreal. Who went to the thing. And everybody else has their phones. And yeah. he's just got it. And the, I'm telling you, the label is facing the can. It's perfect. It's almost like it was product placement, but it wasn't. You talk about 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, well. This guy is now the Michelob Ultra guy and doing interviews on ESPN. I mean, he's just he's just all over incredible. the place. All because of this one picture <laughs> that went viral of him holding the Michelob Ultra. So he's going to be on episode 190. Couldn't be bothered to get his phone out. It's like, I got a beer in my hand. I'm just going to enjoy it. Remember, we used to enjoy things without recording every second of our Correct. life. Correct. He's just enjoying it. I got yeah. a beer, tiger shot. Yeah. I'm, I'm in heaven. Yeah. I'm in heaven. What do I need my phone for? Yeah. That's incredible. Good e for him. Everybody else has their phone out. He's got a Michelob Ultra in his hand. My daughter went to dinner with her her team, and the, one of the coaches took all their phones during dinner and made them actually sit and talk. Took all oh, the I kids. I love phone. that. Yeah, oh, it was I cool. love that. We did this. We did the segment with the guy who has the, the restaurant. restaurant. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, and who, we who do it all the time now. Who would have thought not getting your phone out would, would would make you like famous for 15 minutes and get you an endorsement deal and the whole thing, right? Who would have thought? Yeah, they're flying him around in other tournaments now. Oh, that's and so cool. He's become like a <laughs> spokesperson. Good for him. I love it. <laughs>
So his name is Mark Ratatick, and he'll be on episode 193. So you've got Tracy Taylor, yep. Randy Mueller, and the Michelob Ultra guy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but we don't officially begin episode 193 without a few words from our partners, without which there is no Mitch Unfiltered. The Kirkland Office of Cross Country Mortgage. You're going to hear on this show Jordan Flowers explain how they can help you with buying rental properties, second homes, and much more. Seven minutes is all you need with my main man, Jordan Flowers, 425-890-2957. Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers working together to bring retirement planning, taxes, and investments under one roof. Evergreengk.com, more than just a financial advisor. Evergreen is everything wealth. Zeke's Pizza, a new location in Mill Creek, now open. Main Street, a new location in White Center, now open. 16th Avenue Southwest. Northwest Style Pizza and the best craft beer selection anywhere to your door in no time with the Zeke's Pizza app, homegrown in the Northwest. Daniel's Broiler. Okay, Father's Day is less than two weeks away. Last year around Christmas, dads. Lindsay and Danny Schwartz offered unfiltered listeners 15% off their super popular drink mixers available on Amazon.com. And they sold like hotcakes. So they're doing it again for Father's Day. The old-fashioned mix, the Kentucky Mule, the Whiskey Sour, the Lavender Martini. Discount code at Amazon.com, Mitch15DB. Mitch15DB and 15% comes off of your order. Fireside Home Solutions, without Fireside's incredible support, none of these fun pools and contests for our listeners happen. Our next one up, the U.S. Open Pool in just a few weeks, presented by Fireside Home Solutions at FiresideHomeSolutions.com. All right, episode 193 begins officially right now. Unfiltered. I just don't think as an organization they hit on enough young guys and they hit a high enough percentage on the guys from other major league teams that are supposed that you're supposed to know are going to be quality players when they get here. That's the issue. Unfiltered. I'm not asking for Winker to be an all-star, but 216? Yeah, not I'm not asking I'm not asking Robbie Ray to to win the Cy Young, but 4 and 4 with a 4.77 ERA through 9 starts? Can I get a little closer to the other to the 25 million? Mid- Mitch is unfiltered. Episode 193 is now officially underway after a pre-tease yeah. and a tease. And I normally, on segment one, where we are now, kind of pick one or two stories to focus on, yeah. to blab about, and then we do the other stuff segment. But I feel like after two weeks... I just want to start the other stuff segment now. So do we'll do two segments of other stuff segment because there's so much stuff to talk so about. Don't much. you think? Yeah, I mean, I know you're going to lead off with the new season of Stranger Things and what, what you feel about it. <laughs> so we, we, we got to get that what in that? first. What is Stranger Things? I was going to lead off. Well, I'll lead off maybe the other stuff segment. I finally saw a movie. Talk about movies that I haven't seen. Oh, I had never list. seen Old School. Until last Friday night. One of the more underrated comedies from that time period. Everyone loves, um, like, uh, what's the what's the, what's the big one? The Vegas uh, Hangover. Oh, yeah. Hangover. Yeah, Hangover's like hangover. the king of that genre. I love Hangover. Old school just kind of went underrated. I, I love old school a lot. Everybody has told me 
to see old school. Yeah. Everybody has made old school references over the years. And I found myself like all of a sudden, my son and I, my high school son and I have been going back and forth. We're like, okay, I'll pick a movie. We watch it together. Then it's your turn. Then it's my turn. Then okay. Somebody should have advised me that maybe old school is not the movie to watch with your sophomore high school son. 15, 16, 16 right? 16. Little embarrassing. Yeah, maybe embarrassing. Yeah. Not 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 that he doesn't know what's going on. No, but he knows what's going on. Correct. But with dad, nah. I don't think he needs that. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to lead with that. I'll, I'll come back to that at the other side. I love that so movie, So what though. is Stranger Things? What is Stranger Things? What is that? I don't even know what You're asking means. what it is, honestly, or? I, honestly, I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. It only took over the world. Like, it started, okay. It's, How did I miss it? It's on Netflix, first of all. So you'd have okay. to actually load Netflix at yes. some point in your life. I wa Just the other night, I watched three of David Letterman's new specials. Oh. You know, the... Our next guest needs yeah. no introduction or something. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. My, my next guest or whatever. Yes, yes. So Stranger Things so is a Netflix. Yes, it's a fictional series. It's a scripted series. It yeah, takes place in the eighties. Yeah. So I love it, and then Piper loves it because it's about like it was about like twelve year olds, and now we're on season four. It's huge. It no took idea. three years for season four to come out. It's out now. It's kind of horror-ish. It's scary. Oh, no wonder I don't know about it. But the references are pretty awesome from the 80s. It takes it took place like 85, 80, and now it's like 87. 80. Is there somebody in it that I should know? Is Tom Cruise in it? He's not in it, no. no. The only one you might recognize, I think her name is uh, Billy, uh, something Bobby, Millie Bobby Brown. Don't know that. Nah, forget it. No. I forgot who I'm talking to. Uncle Maury over here. <laughs> Uncle Maury? Tuesdays with Maury. I'm sitting over here. God. What is Stranger Things? Ask your son that. He'll slap you in the face for he talking that no nonsense. He has no idea what Stranger Things are. First of all, he he may not watch it. He knows what it is. I guarantee. I'd bet any I, amount of money. This is the first time I have ever heard the name Stranger Things. I think. That can't be possible. Anyway, it's awesome. I love... You should watch the first season. Oh, you don't like scary stuff. I don't like scary stuff. Forget it. No. You don't like anything good. <laughs> <laughs> Old school, I like, though. <laughs> well, so I thought that we'd list a few things that happened since we were gone. Yeah. Because we took a week off. And you'd figure after two weeks of not doing the podcast, not that much would happen. But there's a lot of little shit that I just wanted to bring up that I'm, I'm somewhat interested in. Okay. Like... And that, this is not in any kind of order, like order of importance. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll just do three or four of these, and then we can do some in the other stuff segment, too, after the interviews. Like, two Major League Baseball players getting in a fight in the outfield over their fantasy football league team? That can't be real. Okay. If I don't know about Stranger Things, <laughs> yeah. the fact that you don't know about this, yeah. it's impossible for any, like, Quasi sports fan who's like connected to any social media yeah. to not know that Tommy Pham went out into the outfield when he was playing against Jock Peterson and he punched him in the face or slapped him in the face because he was pissed off of the way he handled his waiver wire transactions in their fantasy football league, uh, fantasy football league, which the commissioner's name is Mike Trout. Come on. <laughs> I kid you. I cannot make this oh up. Oh, my god! How do you not know this? I got. I, I understand the pain. I, I have lost friendships over fantasy football, which is why I quit. You no, know, you don't do it anymore. I got locked out because they didn't like the way I handled the waiver wire. I, I didn't put a quarterback in. I forgot. No, this is something different. Well, it's, it's still, they didn't like how I managed my team. Apparently, Tommy Pham, okay. and I don't even know who that is, baseball player. I know Jock Peterson is. He slapped Jock Peterson because Jock Peterson was like stowing guys in waiver position. I think he was like, God, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't like the way he handled his waiver wire. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get it. We've got baseball. We've got major leaguers <laughs> getting in fights over their fantasy football. Team. I mean, how is that? And then, and then fam, like when he was like 
like lashing out. He says, and another thing, Mike Trout is shit. <laughs> He's the worst. And these, these by, and by the way, none of this was joking. You're right. laughing. This yeah. was not joking. This was like serious stuff. He hit the guy. He got suspended. Oh my gosh. He got suspended from baseball. So now Mike Trout comes out. He's like, I'm sorry to hear. I'm not such a great commissioner. Right. I'm thinking about stepping down now. <laughs> this is all happening. It's like Saturday Night Live happening in front of me. And you don't know anything about it. So don't give me the story about Stranger Things. But it's June. When did their football season? I mean, when did this... These two guys are on different teams. This right, was the but first time seen they, each other since, they have not seen since each the other. season ended. He no, walked right out into the outfit. And unreal. this was like during warmups. He walked right out to, I guess one is on. I don't know who they're on anymore. Yeah. Jock Peterson used to be on the dog. Anyway, f- the first time they've played against wow. one another, he went out in warmups and and confronted them like he was pissed. These guys probably put in like 250K for I their no for their idea. entry fee, right? So, it could, so money anyway. ruins everything. That <laughs> happened. The Mariners lost a bunch of games. They're well under 500. But now they've kind of won three series. The problem is you get like eight or nine or 10 games under 500. Yeah. And you start winning series two to one. Two to one. When I say two games yeah, yeah, to one, I gotcha. you're picking up one game on 500. Right. Every three games, we need we need some sweeps. We need some something else. But they've got Julio is thriving. He won Rookie of the Month award in there Major League Baseball. He's up to 274. Jared Koenig, I think since you and I saw each other last, has been triple. He's yep. down to Triple A. He's got a 12 game hitting streak. He's striking out a lot, hitting a couple home runs. So you got that. Okay. You've got Robbie Ray, the worst starter on the on the Major League team on the Mariners. Could the Mariners ruin Babe Ruth if they got him in his prime? <laughs> like, would he come here and hit like 14 home runs? <laughs> would Roger Maris have 13? And I mean, it's like it's unreal. You can't. Robbie Ray's okay. Sorry, I love my team. I don't want to shit on him too hard, but God, it they've got five guys in their rotation. Yeah, and when I tell you this, you're going to say you're being sarcastic, and I'm really I'm ready to defend it. Now we're only 12 starts in for all of them, or most of them. But they've got five guys in their current rotation. Their names are Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, Marco Gonzalez, mm-hmm. Chris Flexen, and George Kirby. Those are the five names. Okay. There is one guy of those five that is single-handedly the worst of the five through 12 <laughs> games. And it's the guy they're paying $25 million a year yeah. who won last year's Cy Young. It's gotten so bad that I even made a joke that people didn't appreciate there was a there was a Twitter story that they lost one of their star uh, the Toronto Blue Jays lost one of their star pitchers to injury and they're in the market to trade for a pitcher yeah. and I wrote why don't we just trade him Robbie Ray <laughs> yeah I mean and people took me serious and they're like you know he can't he can't pitch in Toronto because he's not vaccinated oh okay not allowed in Toronto and that got me thinking <laughs> uh oh <laughs> could you imagine if the Mariners got straight they got it together they got hot. He got hot. I mean, it's not an, it's not unfathomable sure. that they could get hot. And they make a run to the their first ever postseason, and they find themselves in a first-round playoff series with the Toronto Blue Jays, and their star pitcher that they're paying $25 million can't pitch in Toronto in the series because he's unvaccinated? There, there's, there's that no... That could only happen to <laughs> one team. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there's no waiver. There's no exception for that. The playoffs are not... You just... The country's not going to. I think say, it's a country thing. Yeah, yeah. The country's not going to let him pitch. Oh my gosh! Yes, that's that's how that would go. That's exactly how that would go. Oh my he would look God. like the best pitcher in baseball, and he can't play in Toronto. Okay. Yeah. Other stuff. Uh, uh, lots of reports on the ownership future of the Seahawks and the Blazers. Yeah, I keep seeing that pop up about right. Yeah. So Paul Allen's estate apparently uh, calls for the sale over a period of time, like ten or fifteen years after his death. Okay. Calls for the sale of both franchises. 
So there's really no wiggle room. Wow. They have got to sell both franchises by a certain time. I don't know what that certain time is. Okay. So now that news comes out and now everybody's like getting in line to buy. So you've got you've got Phil Knight of Nike partnering up with a Dodgers owner, a minority Dodgers owner. They made a $2 billion offer to the Blazers, which I find interesting, that number, $2 billion. Now the Blazers say, and Jody Allen says, we're not for sale. Thank you, but no thank you. And currently they're not for sale, and I don't know when they have to sell the team. Okay. But ultimately the Blazers are going to get sold, and the Seahawks are going to get sold at some point. But I found the number $2 billion. I know it's only Portland, that small market. Yeah. But I found the number $2 billion to be low. Considering what you hear about what it would take to get a, like the Sonics back. Exactly right. The, yeah, the That's fran- exactly what was going to be my next point. Yeah. They're saying that the franchise fee, when they, they do the expansion team, is going to be 3 or $3.5 billion. Right. Why would the Blazers sell for $2 billion at that? I, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know either. That seems like a low-ball offer from Phil Knight. And the Dodger guy, but I don't. Maybe know. it is. What do I know? <laughs> I mean, Steve Ballmer, and I got. I know it's L.A. Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers years ago. Now, right? It's years ago since he spent two billion, and I, and everybody laughed at him at the time. They're like two billion. Team's not worth two billion now. All the teams are worth <laughs> right. well over. He, it was a it was a great investment for yeah. him. Yeah. So um, I'm glad yeah. Steve Ballmer's gonna make a couple more dollars in his life. Good but for then, him. but then there's the Seahawks. Right. They're gonna get sold someday. When the Blazers get sold, yep. soon thereafter, the Seahawks are going to get sold. And you wonder who's going to be. And I I keep asking myself, I keep wondering whether Jeff Bezos hmm. is going to someday be the owner of the Seattle Seahawks. Because he's been long rumored as wanting to own an NFL team. Never a basketball team. Never the oh, Sonics. Oh, really? See, I didn't know that about oh, him. Oh, yeah. There, there, there have been lots of rumor and speculation that if Dan Snyder is forced to sell the Redskins or just not the Redskins, sorry. They're yeah. the, the commanders. 47 years of doing that or whatever. More sorry than that, actually. That. Yeah. Apologize. Hope it didn't offend anybody. Um, if Dan Snyder ends up selling the commanders, the Washington football team, yeah. there's always been rumors. He owns the Washington Post now, Jeff Bezos. He does, yes. He's got some connections to the Washington, huh, D.C. area. So why not the Seahawks? Jeff Bezos could be the owner of the Seahawks someday. I mean, he's got a couple dollars. He could do it. Well, and he's a Seattle guy. I would love couch cushion, yeah. cushion for God's sake. It'd be nice because you know he made his money in Seattle. He did. Bill Gates did too, and yes. he had zero interest in buying. Like, he, of course, Bill Gates doesn't have to do it. He can do whatever he wants, no. but no interest at all in buying a sports team. Bill Gates. So it'd be nice if one of these local billionaires actually stepped up and. I just remember one of the teams. when the Sonics were getting ready to move and oh. they were for sale. We're like, why won't Bill Gates I know. just buy them? I know. It'd be nice. I know. Like Why you said, won't Jeff Bezos just buy him? It's in his couch cushions, Bill Gates. We, he wouldn't even feel don't it. Don't we, the public, love spending other people's billions well, of dollars? More than it's anything. It's so much fun. It's easy. It's Why fun. Why don't you buy him? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, that'd be nice. I would like that. You would like Jeff Bezos? Sure. Well? Because you feel like he's not He's not going to, I mean, hopefully, move them. No. First of all, no, right? No, 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 no. He's got a good yeah. thing here. He's no. a Seattle guy. So, yeah, yeah it would make me feel good if he had him. Yeah. And he's got the money. Yeah. And then the one team that's going to be sold soon, which, by the way, is going to set the market price for the Seahawks when the Seahawks are for sale, the Denver Broncos are getting ready to be sold, and that's going to be a blockbuster. I mean, that's going to yeah. be, I think, $5 billion, I think it's going to be the wow. It's going to be huge, huge dollars. The quarterback of the Denver Broncos is making news again. I the new quarterback. He hasn't, played a, he hasn't played a down yet for them, and he's making news again. And he's also making videos. They, Making lots they won't of videos. stop. It needs to, uh, and I, one is worse than the next. I, know. <laughs> I need that to go away. I, I can't bad. have it. It's so cringy. Stop. You know what's going to happen? 
someday Sierra is going to wake up and realize that his attempts at show business, not that she's not going to love him anymore, not she's going to walk out on him. She's going to wake up and someday she's going to look at him. She's going to say, you're not very funny. Your 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 stuff, uh, yeah. your stuff is not good, and that's when it's going to dawn. He's going to say what? She's going to say no, no. This stuff is not. It's corny. Yeah, it's not good. Camera's not for you, buddy. I, I don't. I don't think she has said that yet. I think the day that she says that to him, maybe he'll slow down on all these videos. Well, maybe she's listening. It'd be nice. What'd you just do? God, I did, didn't I? God dang it. <laughs> anyway, he's making news. Okay. There are whispers of what he wants. He want, already wants his new con. He's already floating the numbers. Like, as a Seahawk fan, are you sort of happy that's in someone else's world that we don't have to sit and talk about A little it? bit, yeah. Yeah, I kind of am too. A little bit. That's like my first reaction is that, all right, I'm kind of glad we don't have to contemplate, I don't know what he wants, 38 or five, I have no idea. Five years, $250 million, yeah, all guaranteed. There are reports that the Broncos have been notified that after this year, five years, 250 million smackers guaranteed. Now, before you before you roll your eyes, too late. I just did, yes. Deshaun Watson kind of, you can blame Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns for this if you're a Denver Broncos fan, yeah. if you care. Because Deshaun Watson, who hasn't played in like a year or two years and who is befuddled with all of these controversies, he just signed a deal with Cleveland for 230 million That's right. guaranteed. So it's not out of whack well, he's a little younger, a little younger. Yeah, it's not completely out of whack that Russell Wilson would ask for 250 million. Right. And by the way, the Broncos are kind of hostage. They've got to kind of give him whatever he wants. They just brought him here for God's sake. Spent two first, two seconds and three players for him. Yeah, they just sent out all these marketing videos. That's right. I can't they gotta have back. to give him 250 million. Oh and my I gosh. It's going to cripple the franchise, isn't it? No, it's not going to cripple the franchise. But is he that good anymore? Right. Right now, if you're telling How me how good is he? If he's 25, that's a no-brainer, right? Yes, you have to. And he's 25. Yes. What is he? 32, 33. Anyway, it's not because of his age. To me, though. It, that, that's a big part for me. Well, not historically speaking. Like there have been quarterbacks that have been great late into their. You're going to give me Tom Brady, but. Tom Brady didn't play like Russell. He wasn't well, a magician. That's yeah. the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not as much about the age as it is the age as it pertains to the way Russell Wilson has played the position. That's right. I just, I, he's going to be a good quarterback this year. Maybe he's going to be a very good quarterback. Maybe yeah. he's going to be a great quarterback. Five years to commit $250 million to that guy? I don't think I'd do it. Now, people are probably yelling at the podcast like, well, he's your franchise quarterback. He's your Super Bowl. You got to do it. Yeah. And then, you might, and then you might point to the Seahawks and go, well, what happened when Russ left? Who did they replace him well, with? Well, that's what everybody says. If you don't pay these guys, whether it's Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Tom yes. Brady, whoever it is that's asking for the money, when do you get your next quarterback? Right. How long does it take for you to get your next truly franchise quarterback that can win a Super Bowl? Well, if you're in Green Bay, you say the next year. It's easy. Yeah, we got rid of Brett Favre. We got Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so easy. Yeah. Simple. They just go one into the next well, guy. The Seahawks. I remember. If you're the Miami Dolphins, you say. <laughs> well, the Seahawks in 93 drafted Rick Meyer. I mean, this guy was going to win four Super Bowls. I mean, he was going to be here for two. I remember feeling so happy we have our quarterback situation handled. Yes. <laughs> Don't have to worry about it for 10 years. He's going to be incredible. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, that's. How'd that work out for that's you? That's the. 
I'm buying a Drew Locke jersey tomorrow, I guess. And I'll just have you know what I was about to say is, how's that working out for you? Yeah. But I didn't do it. I like that. Thank you for that. It's now on my mind from Anthony that I shouldn't be doing it until the other stuff segment. Yeah. Or until your cringy jokes. Is it the other stuff segment or the cringy jokes? Why do the jokes have to catch shrapnel from the people? I mean, (laughs) come on now. And then nothing happened while we were away on Baker Mayfield. Yep who's still the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. He's one of them. (laughs) Who the Browns don't want. Yeah. But the Browns aren't willing to cut him or take on a lot of his contract if they trade him. But I'm here to tell you, I still believe in my heart of hearts. Until the season starts and Baker Mayfield is playing somewhere else, he won't be playing in Cleveland. He'll be playing somewhere else either because he's been cut and claimed or traded. Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you, this is just one person, Mitch Levy. Mitch Levy will not dismiss the notion of him playing in Seattle until I see him playing on a team not named the Cleveland Browns. I know exactly what you're saying. There's still a little I, bit of hope. I I don't know if I'm hoping. I don't even know that I care that much. Well, you'd like him over who they have, so yes. I think I would. I'm not sure how much I would, okay. but I think I would. Okay. But what I'm telling you is I don't believe that he's out of play for the Seahawks. Gotcha. That's good I really hear. No, it may not be good to hear. No, it's good for me, personally. I, I would much rather have him than Drew Locke right you would. now. Is that his name, Drew Locke? Why does it sound weird? Drew Locke, That's right? It, yes. Yeah, yeah. Gino. So I. Gino Smith. Yeah. He's the number one guy. I'd rather have Gino. The heir apparent. I prefer Gino Toretta. Gino. See, I just did it again. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Don't do it. Okay, let's say I told you that Baker Mayfield makes them an eight and nine football team. Yeah. If they don't bring May- Baker Mayfield in, they're a six and eleven football. They're a five and twelve football team. Yeah. Would you rather eight and nine? Or would you rather 5-12? and 12? If those are the parameters, do you want him? I, or would you rather just be stinkier and get a higher draft choice and potentially get your next quarterback high in the first round of the next draft? We're talking three more wins. With Is that what you're saying? Are they truly going to make the playoffs with Baker Mayfield? I no. just I love players with a chip on their shoulder. The Seahawks have made a nice life for the, that. They're not going to make the playoffs with Baker Mayfield. They'll be more competitive in each yeah. game. Okay. They'll win more games. Which would you prefer? I guess I would go terrible, if that's what you're telling me. I feel like Baker Mayfield could be better than 8-9. I feel like he could. I think he could make the difference. He's got guys to throw to. That's a good start for him. And a a running game. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know. But if if those are my choices, yeah. Let's just stink it up. No one has to watch. Call me. (laughs) Call me when the draft happens, and then I'll get excited again. Let's go. Three interviews, including Tracy Taylor and then the other stuff segment. It's time to check back in with John Waterstrat of Fireside Home Solutions. He's back with us fireplaces, garage doors, you name it. How goes it over there, John? It's doing great. Uh, we've had to get through this mucky weather like you know, Mitch, but it uh, <laughs> looks like the sun's popping back out. Things are starting to shine a little bit more. Like everywhere else, you and I have been talking about the wait times for non-stock orders because of the shipping issue that everybody has. Are you seeing any improvement on that end? We definitely have seen some improvement. I can't say it's going to be quick, but uh, it has improved. And uh, our manufacturers have done a wonderful job of just looking at their processes, looking at what we're going through right now, these shortages, and and doing a good job to get lead times down. And what do you think they are? Uh, Sometimes it depends. Like I said, we always have the stock list, and we can talk about that. But uh, we also have some things that are on longer lead times. But instead of waiting 30 weeks, we've kind of shrunk that down maybe to 18 to 20 weeks. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's not short, but it's gotten better. But there's always that option of purchasing and installing a unit that's in your inventory, which is what we did here at the Levy household. So let's walk through that for a second. The Fireside Home Solutions team comes to your home free of charge. 
They look at your space, analyze and listen to your needs. Then we visit one of your many showrooms in the Pacific Northwest. Yep. Just talk to your sales rep. We'll come out to your house. We'll look at what you want and then just let your sales rep know. Is it speed that you need? If you need that, we'll get the stock list together. We'll find something that works and we can get that installed in about three weeks. If you have some time, let us know and we can get exactly what you want. And we just have to be patient, just like in any any order that we're talking about with these longer lead times. Perfect. A few years ago, you guys wandered into the garage door market too. How's that been going? Because I'm hearing about some exciting things coming down the line. Yeah, it's been great. We've continued to grow that business. And uh, here in the fall, we're going to go ahead and open a showroom in Tacoma. It's going to help the South Sound areas. And it's going to be really nice to be able to have Bellevue, Auburn, and Tacoma and just be able to help those customers in Pacific Northwest. That's awesome. Now, before you go, you have to tell our audience where you were for the first time in the middle of April and what you thought. Oh, I got to have that bucket list checked off and I was able to get to Augusta. Pretty awesome. Awesome to watch Scotty Seffler uh, hit some great shots, but the course is just a special place. Well, I'll say it then. We love Fireside Home Solutions, a tradition unlike any other, and a great partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Unfiltered. No traffic. I love traffic, but I don't like this traffic. I've spent nearly 20 years driving these roads. I want to take the stress off their morning. When I didn't know a place, I got in the car and I drove there. Just so I can understand your commute a little better. You just want to help people. That's why I do it. So you spend less time on the road and more time on things that really matter. Episode 193. And Hotshot Scott is in for an interview. You're not normally in for an interview. Well, it's not always by choice. I try to barge in sometimes. You say, get the hell out of here. And I'm not <laughs> I'm not kidding. You know, I, I get the look from you. But this one. I couldn't say no. I had to wrestle you to the ground to get in on but this one. But this yeah. one, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm blushing. You should is that be, normal? You should be <laughs> blushing. Ladies and gentlemen, she's traffic reporter to the stars for the last 84 years and she's only 15 years old. Here she right? is, Tracy Taylor. Hi, Tracy. Oh my gosh. Look who's here. Even the way you introduced me has not changed at all. That's 25 years later, and here we are. You're still doing it the same way. I love really? it. Thank you. Yeah. I never still the same way. I never introduced you like that back in the day. Sometimes. Only when you wanted something is usually when you do something. What? That's not the Mitch we know. Come oh. on. No, no. Oh. Is it is it normal to be nervous? Like I'm like legitimately nervous. Why are you nervous? Um, well, first off, when's the last time I saw you? Yeah. I'm staying out of this. Well, when was the last time she saw you? Nah, I don't know. Same <laughs> Exact same. By the way, Tracy. When's the last, when's the last time I saw you? Are you talking to me now? Or are you talking? I to am talking. No, I'm talking You're to you. I mean, um, I don't you can't know. Pass this one. I, I really don't know. What? What? Do you know the answer to that question? It was. Uh, I believe it was April 29th, 2010. I think was the last time I saw you. Really? In person? Wow. Yeah. Where was that? That was at uh, a bar in Queen Anne when we did my goodbye before I started at King Five. Wow. No, but, and, you, but no, hold on a second. Your goodbye 
You went to Spokane on your goodbye. What are you talking about? No, I did not. See, I, I need, left oh, the boy. show. This is I a, left this, the show to go do traffic at King Five. <laughs> Spokane. See, I I thought. See, this that was the first time. That was the first time that I left the show, oh. and then I came back, oh. and then I came back because you wanted me to come back. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And go, so I came okay, back. Okay, we have to go through this because I say this all True. the time with all mm-hmm. the people that come back to the show that are from our past. I'm not, I'm great at remembering everybody who was ever a part of the morning show or the midday right. show, but I'm mm-hmm. terrible at remembering who was the producer oh, when yeah. she was. Oh my God. And Dates. who was uh, engineer yeah. when he was there? Was he, and all, and, and the, and the one thing I know about Tracy is I have a picture uh, mm-hmm. I, so I know that Tracy worked with me, Rockstar Bob, and Jeff Aaron, and Searsy because there's a picture of all of us to, at dinner together. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason that I know that that group all worked together. But other than that, I lose track. So go, so go back. Go back okay. and tell us, remind us, when did you start? When did you leave? Then you came back. Then you left again. You kept on leaving right. and coming back. Tell us a story. <laughs> I only did it twice. Okay. Come on now. I only did it twice. Okay. Okay. Third time Third time was not going to happen. Okay. Okay. No. Um, gosh, I can't. Dates wise, I cannot specifically remember the dates. I remember coming in because I met at the time I was hired by Stephen Kilbreth to do traffic. Yes. He brought me over to meet with you. And at the time it was Tim Lee. Tom Lee. Tiptoe Tom Lee. Tiptoe yeah. Tommy Lee. Yes, that's okay. Tommy Lee. Yeah. Um, and then you said, can you keep up? And I said, try me. I worked with you for three years and then I left and went to Spokane. Then I went to North Carolina and Alabama. And then back wow. in 2005, I came back because I remember you and Purple Sheet calling me saying, what are you doing? Where are you? Can you come back? And I did. And I worked with wow. you for another, another, was it five years, six years or something wow. like that? And well, then I went and did traffic at King five from Seattle to Spokane. That was really the career move. Did you, <laughs> oh, did you and then fire I, that agent? <laughs> Holy no, she became a big no. star. Oh, she did. It's her hometown. You don't, you don't know that Spokane's her hometown. Well, she's got a, always had a five Oh nine cell, yes. cell phone. So yes. yes. Spokane's <laughs> her hometown. And she left, she was our traffic okay. person, mm-hmm. and then she left, and she became a. She went to do like uh, FM TV, morning, a TV. Okay, I thought you did. Yep. I did. I thought you did morning. I did. Show. I did. Yes, I didn't do a morning show, but I did uh, midday. Yes. Middays on a radio station, and I also did weekend weather in Spokane. Wow. So what happened here? Why are we on with you right now? What ha- you were? What do you, why are we on? What are you no, talking about? This is your podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> what I don't understand is. You, and I said this to you before we started. We have her on Zoom while we're doing the podcast yep. interview. She doesn't look literally. Tracy Taylor. Well, the, people don't need me to tell you this because they watch you on TV all these years. But to mm-hmm. me, you literally look exactly the same as 2010 or 2005 or 2000. Whenever it is that you're telling me the last time I saw you, you have not you have literally not changed a bit. No, looks great. I, I didn't say oh, she looked. I didn't say she looked great. I said. I said she hasn't changed. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. The same three she always was. I'm leaving. You have I'm the same three. So, Thanks. So, so my question is, Tracy, you did this. Tra- you did traffic. You became a star on TV. You're on five. You're on seven. You're probably on other. And now, and now, all of a sudden, you're not doing it anymore. And I don't have any idea. I didn't follow the goodbye, so I don't know the retirement. Sp- are you retired? You're t- you're you're like 25 years old. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you not doing TV I, you know, anymore? 
you know, Mitch, you know, as well as I do, getting up early in the morning really kind of does a number on your body. It does a number on your life. You know, you miss out on things um, in case you forgot because you were at one point invited to my wedding, yet you never responded or called. Ouch. Yeah, go on. Mm-hmm. Yep, let's, let, let's hear more about that. Boy, that one, is- that one hurt. And I'm not joking. <laughs> that one hurt because you were like my best friend. And I was so excited to share this day with you and nothing. Is this, what was, is this why we had our yeah. Do I need Shots. this? Yep, yep, Do yep. I need this? I don't remember not responding or not coming to your wedding. I don't remember your wedding. So I must not have been there, but okay. <laughs> okay. So, so, so go on, go on with the story. So why, yeah. but, but okay. Just, you got tired of mornings, but there are, there are night times. There are middays. There are, tra- there are trap. Oh no. No, I guess traffic people are only on in the mornings. Uh, and by the yeah. way, I want to say morning radio people got up early, but we didn't get up the time. Tracy, Why? Tracy, what time yeah. did you get up? I mean, I was getting up at like 115, okay. 115 in the morning. That, 115. Yeah. That, ain't, that right. ain't getting up yeah. early. That's just staying up. Yeah. So yeah. pretty much yeah. in the yeah. morning. You got up. Yeah. At, what time did you go to bed? 930, 10. Oh, that's, oh. Not, oh, that's a killer. Yeah. That's no good. That's no good. You're going to you're gonna yeah. have to quit. You're gonna have to quit all that. <laughs> Where were you? So now, years ago? weird. So so now so now what? She she's in her Led Zeppelin T-shirt, yep. talking am, to us yeah. on Mitch Mitch Unfiltered, and now you're done, and you're a yeah. young you're a young woman who's got a lot of life to live and a lot of professional years ahead of you. Now what? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So I uh, decided to take a position in government, and so now oh. I work in the communications department for the mayor of Kent. Mayor Dana Ralph. And so I work in her communications department and I'm also her neighborhood program coordinator. So I will uh, start going out to some neighborhoods and talking to HOAs and kind of rally the troops, so to speak, and and get everybody involved once again to get involved in their community. So are you happy? Yeah, I'm really happy. Yeah, but you was a good move. But you love attention. You're not going to get any. (laughs) <laughs> Don't we all? You're not going to get any attention doing that. You got a lot of attention being on my TV all the time. Oh my gosh, you, you sound you gonna, just like. How are you going to live sound, without all the attention? No, you sound you sound just like my husband. He's like, you're going to miss this. Actually, I mean, yeah, I'm going to miss you know doing TV because you know how much I love traffic. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss that. But, you know, I, to be honest with you, the fact of the matter is, is I get to get up with my husband in the morning. I get to be around my 15 year old stepdaughter more. You know, I like I've missed out on a lot of my life and uh, I'm not willing to sacrifice that anymore. So that's kind of the, the road that I'm down now. Are you sad about that? Do you have regrets? It sounds like you're sad about that, that you missed. Oh, about missing life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I missed really important moments for my bonus kid. You know, I mean, she's amazing. I love her dearly. And since Mitch, you don't really follow any of my life. um, This is Jessica. She she tosses these things in. (laughs) Wow, I know. Jessica is your stepdaughter, 15 years old? She's 15. She is beautiful. Blonde hair, green eyes, just stunningly beautiful. Yeah, I love her to death. She is the light of my life outside of my husband and and um yeah it's it's great everything is good you know we have such a good solid relationship but i missed a lot of her important moments and i regret that deeply and uh and i don't want to do that ever again i'm sorry that you have those regrets now what is the what's the overlap what's the relationship with hotshot scotch you you never worked 
with Hotshot <laughs> Scott. I did though. I did. Okay. Because I, I did, did traffic, traffic on, on, Cube. on Cube. Right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. explain Hotshot. Well, I mean, I was doing morning. She was, we'd see each other every day at work. Right. I mean, we were both yep. doing, we were both there at six from six to 10 AM. So I don't know. Tracy was just always around. I just always, this felt like I always knew her for some reason. And yeah, she would, but Steven did it on our show for a while, but maybe you'd fill in for him. But I, I did you, fill in for him. Yeah. You were just a coworker for like 10 years. You were just always yeah. in the office at the exact same, same hours I was. So how many years did we work together all told? Or do you not know that, Tracy? Did we work? We were together nine years. That's wow. it, nine years. God, mm-hmm. it seemed like a lot. I don't mean this in a bad way. It seemed like yeah, a lot you do. longer. No, I don't. <laughs> how long were the Beatles together? Like eight? I mean, the Beatles weren't together that long. Well, it's long. like it's like the Brady it's Bunch. There was only like eight eight episodes of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I feel like it was on for eighty years. Okay, so I, I've challenged you because I'm trying to think about what do what do listeners want to hear? Except they want to hear from Tracy and why she quit and why she's not on TV anymore. Okay, they've heard that. They now yeah. have heard what you're doing. They've heard about your regrets, which makes makes me sad, by the way. And oh. and so now, what do they want to hear? They want to hear stories. Oh my gosh, so many stories. Mitch Unfiltered (laughs) is about stories. So I sent you a text and I said, I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you remember about our times together? What was fun? What was exciting? What was it that might make people in our audience of Mitch Unfiltered chuckle a little bit? Reminisce. Reminisce. Well, there's so so many, like the the barrage of producers that have gone through that show. (laughs) Everyone brings that up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why did I do that? By the way, Tracy, yeah, hold on a second. Before you get okay. into your story, Mitch, I have to tell you, she sends me a text like, uh, what, what time do I have? How am I going to get on? How's it going to work? Mitch yeah. is going to get a bit of It's like, what kind of a tyrant was this guy back in the day? She's like worried that you're going to be like, like this is, what? you're, you're going to be impatient because she's not going to know how to set it up. I'm like, well, he must have put the fear of God into these people. Which and then we stuck. hear about the list of producers. <laughs> Like, holy Toledo, what was going on? What was going on down the hall there? Tracy, what was going on down the hall there? I don't know. Landlines only. Landlines only. Landlines only. How how impatient was I getting this thing together? Was I impatient with you, Tracy? No, actually, you were very, very calm. I think if we if I think if we would have gone another five more minutes, it probably would have turned into World War Three. Wow. No, I appreciate it. Okay, since you want to bring up story number one one is how many producers I had. Thank you very much. I think it's my it's my responsibility to ask about your relationship with my producers. So how'd that how, don't Hold back on. What are you talking about? Oh, the fact that I did not like any of them? Yes, that was absolutely right. So what kind of interaction did you have with them though, Tracy? She hated oh my, my producers. God. I did not like any she of them. She hated my producers. I really just But like I, what, but yeah, you, well, how did you work yeah. with them to hate them? Why did you hate my yeah. producers? What did they do to Cer- you? Cersei was great. I mean, he was so like scared of you. I always felt so bad because he would like legitimately cower in the corner. <laughs> all the time this is um, not going this is not going well can we can we, this dump, is not, can can we, we start this? over can, can we start this over this is not the way i envisioned no. this going oh, God. Um, this has become you know, rag on mitch day go ahead no no ahead. and go then ahead. we had then we had um pops pops was amazing pops was great he was a really good producer and ran the board too so you know i had never had any problems with him yeah pops um, a nice guy yeah super guy such a great yeah. guy yeah. and then were you um, around for schvitzy lamb were you around for him no. Oh, yes. Schwitzy. Yep. Yeah. May mm-hmm. he rest yep. in peace. He's no longer with us. That's right. Yeah. Schwitzy Lamb is no longer with us. Stop. Anyway. I didn't hear that. But then, so what was the problem with the producer? Yeah, that's what I want to know. 
and, oh my gosh and, and wait, like you, you, lex let's go let's talk about lex for oh, a moment shit. she might listen go ahead go on Go ahead. Lex it's unfiltered. Let it fly. I don't what, know. Lex was she one even count? of the most. She was like there for like eight seconds. Wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, still, but it was eight seconds long enough to go and have a spree, so to speak, and then just like legitimately not focus on any of your. It used to drive me crazy. She's like, let's go out. And I'm like, no, what, don't you have a show to work on? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after Lex was what? Schmitty. Oh, well, we had Schmitty. Oh, Oh, Listen, legend. See, now, now Hotshot doesn't know Schmidt. Do you know Schmidt? I remember the Boston guy. But you don't yes. know you don't know the legendary relationship Schmitty. between oh Schmidt and Tracy no. Taylor. No, oh, I don't this I don't know. Oh my God. I just know some disgusting pure, stories about him. But pure I don't and utter hatred. Oh, is that right? Was a, oh yeah, was, my God. Yeah. That spilled it, over the air. It was like not, it was as genuine a hatred as you could have. And it spilled over and I loved it. I loved every yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, he did, and he would he would be that guy that pokes the bear every time. Yeah, um, yeah. Schmitty and I just we could never really see eye to eye. It was just mm. nothing. Like he felt that my position on the show wasn't important. So he when he didn't he never turned my microphone on for one. Oh man! And so when when Mitch would try to talk to me, he would never turn it on. And he's like, he's not talking to you. He's not talking. And he would oh, be in geez. my ear. And he's like, he's not talking to you. <laughs> I would lose my mind sure. over this guy. Yeah. Um. And so, then the so fact he that- wanted to be like the third voice on the show, right? I mean, he he was talking. Yes. I assume. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They yes. all did. They all were invited to be on the show. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, Everybody absolutely. was invited to be on the show, especially. Tracy. But I wasn't. No, but I wasn't. Not yes, you not, to Schm- not to Schmitty, I wasn't. <laughs> we can we can get rid of her. I control her mic. Yep, yes. It's exactly what okay. it was. But you know, I mean, I felt bad because we really did kind of we really did just rake him over the coals quite a few times. It was yeah. So what did, was it? The Patriots? It was the it wasn't it the champagne show that we did in the Patriots and we got really, really drunk and we <laughs> called his voicemail a couple of times and we're like, overrated. Oh, God. <laughs> Isn't that what we did? I Schmitty from that. Somerville, Massachusetts. So this spilled over onto the air. Oh, yeah. The, oh, Tracy, the time, yeah. oh, my God. That is amazing. I'm glad you didn't. And I even. I, yeah, I remember when Schmitty started screaming at Tracy on the air <laughs> that he could Jeez. never do. She could never do because she would criticize him. Oh, she would criticize his producer ability on oh. the air. You're a terrible producer. Oh, that hurts. She'd say that to him on the air. <laughs> and then he would say, God. you could never do this job. You could never do this job. Hilarious. But I think it, I think what started that was I remember vividly. It was a daily schnoz and he only got one out of the four stories that he was supposed to do. And I'm like, it cannot be that hard to get somebody on the landline to talk about this and he lost his mind on me people love having their professionalism and job questioned on a daily basis welcome i was gonna say we're open to that being on the radio for as many years as we've been on i mean what else is new it was a free-for-all on i mean the show i was on was too you know if you can't hang you can't hang can't hang it's not for everybody you know you gotta let it fly you will not last what else do you remember what are the other things that you'd like to reminisce oh. about here on Mitch Unfiltered from your time, your 10 years with us on uh, Mitch in the morning. Gosh, we had um, the sports babe contests. Those were fun. Uh, very interesting women every time they'd come into the studio. Yes. Um, let's see. Bigger dance parties. Bigger dance. Bigger parties. dance. Yeah, yeah. The bigger dance. You know, I, I actually, mean, a parent of one of the players on my daughter's all-star team just told me Friday he's a patron. 
Yes. And he, he brought up a party. I think it was a bigger dance party. Okay. He said, oh, those the used only to be party, so- only parties we ever did. He goes, it was like yep. a thousand people. It was so fun. I was like, yeah, I wasn't there for that, but I heard, you know, but he was like <laughs> telling me how great this party was that you guys had. So I've heard about these uh, parties. Legendary. Yeah. 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 The bigger dance parties. Um, Even our, like our show lunches were always one of my favorite things when yeah. we would all, all of us collectively go out and just talk about the show, find out what's going on in each other's lives. Um, I think one of them, I think this is when fish decided he didn't like me anymore. It was one of our <laughs> team lunches. <laughs> Wait, so Tracy, w- would you go to team lunches with Schmitty? Like during that time? No, too? no, Oh, no, we no. never had them during. No. Schmitty. Okay, all right. I'm just curious how that all played out no, with no. him. Okay. It was, no. I mean, most, I think I they really kind of felt, Woo. They fell. They fell out after um, when Pops was running the board. We we did, we stopped doing them after Pops. See the story uh, that you, the what, what you got to understand about Tracy yeah. is, and I think maybe you picked this up from just listening to her. Tracy felt more connected to the show than just being a. She felt sure. like a real a real connection more than just coming in and doing traffic. Right. So she was like me evaluating how everybody else was treating the show. And when Tracy felt like somebody wasn't doing their job, everybody else was just doing their job, right? right? And they had blinders on and they didn't really care about the other person. Tracy was constantly, unless I'm wrong, you you can correct me if I'm wrong, Tracy. She was constantly like watching people like, are you giving your all? Are <laughs> yeah. you giving your all to this? This show is yeah. this show is gold. This show is like my child. Yeah. If you're not giving your all, then you've got me on your ass. Love and when it. I say me, I mean Tracy. She would get on people, <laughs> and that's why she got pissed at producers. Because at some point, producers would let off the gas pedal a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Or whatever. In Schmitty's case, you know, he'd show up three hours late for the show with yeah. McDonald's yep. in his hand. Yep. Right? And, yep. and and as soon as Tracy kind of felt like somebody wasn't giving their 100%, 150% of the show, yep. she turned on, and you didn't want Tracy to turn on. Am I Love wrong it. about it? Isn't that no, what you're abs- No, you're absolutely right, because it meant so much to me to be a part of something that was so, the synergy of the show, every, it was just everything, and you were so, well, first off, my first year with you was rough. Like rough, you know, it was really, it was really, it was really, yeah, it was really hard. But you know, the thing was, is I think you were just kind of testing to see if I was actually going to be able to cut it. Like, you know, listen to your humor. But here's the thing though, but that's what solidified our friendship and our relationship to begin with. I mean, he was hard on me. Absolutely. Every day, all the time that I learned from that, I grew from that. And that's, what's made me a better person and a better overall talent altogether. She's being nice now. She's totally being nice. I'm L- nice all the time. Shut up. So listen. So listen, before you go, <laughs> answer me this. What was it like? What was your life like in television? I, I mean, the radio thing was just kind of wild and willy and fun. And we were right. all young and, and yeah. we were all aggressive and whatever. And then you go into this more, con- I would think, more conservative yeah. life, mm, yeah. conservative world of television, television news. You couldn't have had, you probably had more fun because you got more exposure and more attention and you've always loved attention, but you, <laughs> could, but you couldn't have had, you couldn't have had more fun. All the attention. With the, with wow. The girl. They, they, you're making me sound like I am like, I am desperate for a spotlight. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Sound- no, a little bit. There's a reason we all got in front of these aren't mics. We all, yes, you're we, a little bit. We all need attention. But what was it like? That world could not be as fun as what we did on the radio. You know, we had our moments. There were a lot of moments in TV that were really, really great. And there were some that were really, really 
they just they, they stick with you. Like there's a couple of stories that, you know, I'm not that I want to toot my own horn here, but, you know, five time Emmy nominated, you know, hold the on, years hold, that I've done. Hold on. Five time nominated. Five times. How, how many did you win? Uh, none. Uh, <laughs> she because, led you know, with the nominated. Because, because anybody who says they're five time <laughs> nominated, exactly right, you don't yeah. have to ask am, them how many times. Susan Lucci doesn't bring I, up the nominations. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think she does. She didn't win because, for like 25 yeah, years. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, definitely the Susan Lucci. How did you not win sure. one? Um, I don't know. Like, you know, our, when Emmys go out and the nominations go out and whatnot, you know, people from different parts of the country watch, view and then grade them, you know, so yeah, yeah. and maybe it wasn't to their standards. Who knows? I'm, you know, but I still have one hopefully iron in the fire coming up next year for a piece that I did before I had left TV. Oh. So I'm hoping I'm hoping next year that oh. that will get, you know, that will be the one. But we'll see. But um, yeah, as for conservative. Yeah. There was times that you really couldn't be yourself. And then there was times that if you had the right news director, they let you be yourself. And I think, you know, the news director that I had at King Mark, um, Ginther, he was a oh, huge yeah. fan of Mitch and, oh, yeah. um, and he's the one that plucked me out of your show yes. and brought me to do traffic. Yeah. He was such a huge so. fan that he ruined our show by taking <laughs> it away. Is, is he the, is he the freaking guy from like Minneapolis, who yes. came in and I had lunch with him once. I think I had lunch yeah. with him once. I was so he pissed. He loved you. He raided he my show. You. It's like to going into the refrigerator and grabbing the mayo out of the refrigerator. What are you talking about? He's poaching. Totally poaching. Yeah. That's the one thing that I miss is just being able to sit back and relax and listen. And I learned so much from you. I'm not just going to sit here stop and, it, and stop blow it. smoke. No, I don't want to blow smoke up your ass because that's not how I play. But, you know, you really did, Mitch really solidify my career. You helped me, you, you shaped me and I owe you a lot ah, for that. It. Stop it. If you owed me a lot, I would have been at your wedding. So I guess you know, you know <laughs> that's me. true. You that's know, true. You know so what, yeah. so you're going to work in Kent yeah, and you're going to do this and people are going to start asking after the segment, or maybe the segment's not good enough. So they won't ask, but they're going to start asking, can she make regular appearances on Mitch unfiltered? Will you come back? And have fun with us every once in a while. Yeah, sure. But can you not wait 11 years to contact somebody? That would be great. Oh, you know, geez. you know, this is actually her second time kind of on the show. If you remember. Yes, I remember. Oh, yes. I remember you uh, uh, me asking. You got her on her on your phone. Yep. And she was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to go on. I have to ask my bosses. <laughs> I know. And, now, I you're, did, and yeah. now you're raking me over the coals for not asking in 11 years when we did ask. You know, I got to ask. I got to ask my bosses. I don't know if I can come on. <laughs> yeah, don't feel bad. You're not the only one that had to ask their bosses to come on the show. Mark, <laughs> Mark Ginther would have allowed you to come on. There's no question. Absolutely. About there had been no question about it whatsoever. Yeah, so that's absolutely. right. So what's yeah. the answer to my question? Will you will you make regular appearances every once in a while on Mitch Unfiltered or no? You have to take me to lunch, though. I do. Yeah. Holding you hostage. Are we doing the like a recording at lunch? No, no. We can. I mean, but I will. I will still. I will. (laughs) Yes, I will come and be on the podcast. But we have to go have lunch because we still have a lot to catching up. Do we to do? Can we include your? I've never met your husband, have I? Are you? I know. Yes. No. No. You've never met my husband. Yes, we will include my husband. Okay. All right. Deal. Can we? Can Hotshot come too or no? Absolutely. I think Hotshot's met my husband. I have really. 
I think so. Maybe I have. How have Hotch, How would Hotshot have met your husband? Oh, Trace and I are how close. Is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we are close. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. actually no, kept I, in touch, though. I'm kind of glad. I've just, I'd randomly text her, hey, can I come to King 5 with my daughter? You know, just, I never was able to do it, but yeah. we just kept in touch throughout the years. Just oh, a random so nice. text every once in a while. Yeah, that's Mitch so never nice. did that. <laughs> nope, you never did that. Never called, never text, no nothing. Mm-mm. You've had I, my uh, phone number. Uh, You've had my phone number. But, you know. Oh, dear. That was a fun time in radio, though. We, I, I was at Cube, and you guys were doing your stuff over there, just a bunch of 20-somethings, acting yeah. like they know what the hell they're doing in the mornings. It was just a blast, wasn't it? Such a fun time. Wait, when you started the show, Mitch, When I know you did Mitch in the Midday. You started yes. that at, what, like 28, 29? What was my age? Yeah. 95 was... I no, was, 94, yeah? Yeah, January 1995, I was going to turn 28 on that in that April. So I was 27 years old when I started Mitch in the Morning. Or Mitch in the Midday. 27 years old at Mitch in the, Mitch in the Midday. And then you got, yeah, okay. And then, and then you went Mitch like in the 24, Morning. And I'm like 21, and yes. it's crazy. Just and a I crazy was, time. When I started your show, I was 22. Wow. Who yeah. the hell gave the keys to us to do more? I know, right? <laughs> and you're still no. 22. You still look. I know. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that. My body tells me otherwise. But, you know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we love her so much. Let me just say this: that we had a lot of iterations. When you do it for, I guess, 22 years, I did it, mm-hmm. and you've got all these producers and all these traffic people and all these engineers. Hold on, and all, all of these, these traffic people. Listen, yes, I was the one that lasted. Yes. Hold on, I I was the only one yes, that lasted I'm, I'm like almost a, 10 years. Let me make my point before you interrupt. Let me make my point. <laughs> He's a hard you, ass. You might like my point. <laughs> this ain't the one I knew. I was okay. about Cairo. to. Make, I was about to make my point. Okay. There were a lot of iterations <laughs> of of the Mitch in the Morning show because. Sure. Uh, my voice was on it all the time, but people would come in and leave and then they'd get better jobs and then they'd go be stars somewhere else like Tracy did. But what I recall is, what I recall is that Tracy Taylor, and I'm not just saying this because she's on, I'll say it in her absence too. Tracy Taylor just added a dimension, added a spice, added a voice, added a layer that we really never had before and we really never had after. And so I appreciate that. I want you to know that I, I, I think I've said that to you in the past. I hope I've you said have. that to you in the past. You have. But the, you have. But the sound of our show, and you know this from the Tepper show, although yeah. you you kind of had the same cast because they actually paid you guys. They didn't pay any of my guys, so my guys would end up going. Uh, you joke about the producers. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Did they get tired of me? I'm sure they did. But, you know, producers get tired also of making like 14 grand a year. Sure. They want to go <laughs> make a living, and that's why they would leave. They were like, you know. I want to go do something else. I want to make some money. I want to buy a house one day. Maybe. I, want, I, I want to be able to afford <laughs> a car like flip flops. Right. At some point. But, but the point, so, so we had a lot more iterations of our show yeah. than you did of yours. Cause you had kind of the same cast kind of yeah. for a long time. So there were different sounds of our show. Our show sounded different every three or four years when somebody would leave the sound of Tracy Taylor's voice on our show just gave it that extra something. It's great. So I'm, I'll, I'll forever be appreciative of that. I don't know what that did for me because here I am doing a Fakakta podcast. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it did. But I am super appreciative of you, Tracy, for your friendship. And I appreciate, I don't remember getting invited to your wedding. You, you, I have <laughs> I have the return to sender. Mm-hmm. No, I kept it. I was crushed. Just so you know. Oh, Still there. I'm going to take you and your husband to lunch to make it up to you. And I'll bring you a wedding. How long are you married now? We will be married. Well, we've been together 10 years as of this month. Yes. But, uh, married, married nine. Okay. So, yeah. All right. I- but I don't, I don't want a gift. What I want you to do is just meet him. 
because I think you will love him as much as I do. Okay. Because all of my boyfriends at one point or another have always run through you and either <laughs> they've stayed or they've left. So All of your boyfriends have run through Mitch? Uh, Holy yeah, well, cow. well, I think when I was on the show, I only had two boyfriends and then they were, well, one of them worked in the building. So Did know. I know that? Did yes, I, you did. did and I as a matter of fact, when we when we broke up, you completely obliterated him on the air. <laughs> That's amazing. Wait, did I know who he is? Do I know him? I don't think so. Okay. I think yeah. I remember. He was kind of like I, a sales assistant over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. And you crushed him? Oh, I don't remember uh, crushing him. I would not do something like that, but. Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. I'm just because I'm, it made me cry. Uh, I mean, you and you oh, were so mad about that. Oh, you were so mad about that. It made and you I cry like, because you missed him and it was fresh still. Or no, well, no, we were talking about it because he's like well, he had asked about that on the air, and I said I don't want to talk about it. And then of course, in Mitch's true fashion, <laughs> magic kept words. pushing and pushing and pushing. I know. I I should have known. Yeah, you should have known. I don't pushing. want to talk about it. I know it. that is <laughs> like a fastball right down the yep. freaking middle it's like handing someone a, Come on. a, a stick of dynamite and lighting the fuse Come and saying on. i don't want this to blow i don't want to talk about <laughs> right. there is only two times ever ever that i have cried on the show and uh -oh. that was one of them oh. that was one of them i was wow. mean that's okay i'm sorry but oh yeah you completely i mean you completely unloaded on me you were so mad at me about something i had said or whatever and i and i was like Oh, oh, this is a different. This is not uh, this. Okay. This wasn't the no, this oh, okay. wasn't the breakup. But there was like that was the second time that I ever cried on the show is when you, how many when times you were there? It's the second. There's there was only two. two. There was no. Right, there's right. two. Yeah, there's I got to tell yeah. you on the 14th time you made me cry. I, I, that one really Come stands on. out to me. Terry for Free. She must have cried more than two times on your show. Do you know what Terry Free made? You couldn't make her cry. <laughs> Come on. Are you crazy? Yeah, I was going to say, say anything to her. All right. Yep. Yep. Uh, Tracy, we love you. Thank you so much for being on. I promise in the next few days, I'm going to reach out. We're going to set up a lunch. You meet. Well, can you even meet for lunch? Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, We're sure. going to set up a lunch. Yeah. I want to meet okay. your husband. And yes. uh, and we'll go for it. And then you'll come back on Mitch Unfiltered. Okay? All the time. Don't hesitate to call. All right. Hey, let's stop for a minute and welcome back to the show, Lindsay Schwartz, the CEO of my favorite steakhouse, Daniel's Broiler. I I'm upset, Lindsay. I'm still upset. What's going on? I hope it's not something I did. Well, it's what you said, that Mother's Day weekend is such a huge one for you guys, but Father's Day coming up, June 19th, by the way, doesn't stack up, and I want to know why. Why can't dads like me get a USDA steak at Daniel's Broiler just like moms do on their day. I don't get it. Well, you can get one. It's just that you have to get the family to agree to go there with you. And I'm not sure why that is. And, and you know something? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask my wife and kids when I get home. What's up with that? Shouldn't the family want to do what dad wants to do on Sunday? I mean, should it be difficult if we say, I want to go to Daniel's Broiler on Sunday, that the whole crew would get in the car and go with you to Daniel's Broiler? I mean, it's one day a year. Come on, right? <laughs> Last year, I'll have you know that Lindsay Schwartz and brother Danny decided to make available to the public the Daniel's Broiler cocktail mixers, and it was a huge success. It started with the old-fashioned and branched off to others, and I'm not a huge drinker, and I don't understand the story behind this. What makes your mixers different than let's say another restaurant or another bar and what would make them successful online i don't get that 
You know, it's all about quality ingredients, just like with all the food, all the steaks, everything we do in the restaurants, we look for the best available ingredients. And we do the same thing with our cocktails and, and all the ingredients that we use. We use organic ingredients whenever we can, GMO-free, it's all natural. And that's what makes them great. We've been doing it for a long time, since 1980, when the first Daniels opened. So you're selling them at QFC, Amazon.com, and you have a new vendor, right? Yeah, uh, they're doing a test at Total Wine and Spirits at three stores at the uh, the locations in Northgate, Inner Bay, and Bellevue. So hopefully listeners will go check it out. Nice. But you're prepared like you did last year around Father's Day to offer Mitch Unfiltered listeners a discount. But you got to do it at Amazon.com. What are you willing to offer this time around? Lindsay. You know what? Let's go 15% off. So okay. if you use the code MITCH15DB, type that in on Amazon, you'll get 15% off. Okay. So MITCH15DB, as in Daniel's Broiler, at Amazon, 15% off of what price? What's the normal price? 19 bucks. So 19 bucks minus 15%. And 15%, Syracuse Math tells me 190 plus 95. So 285 off at Amazon.com for the world-famous, the now world-famous Daniel's Broiler Mixers and Daniel's Broiler for Father's Day. We love that idea. A world-class steakhouse. It's trivia time. The director of financial planning at Evergreen Golf Call rejoins us on Mitch Unfiltered, Katie Versio. Katie, how are you? How's everything at Evergreen Golf Call? I know it's been tough in the markets the last few months. Hey, Mitch, uh, it has been a very volatile last few months, but we're all doing well. Do we have a theme of questioning today? Yes. Today's theme is focused on interest rates. There's right. been some changes this year, and it's really been impacting markets. So I'm curious to how much you've been paying attention. I haven't been, but I'll do my very best. Well, I kind of have been. Question number one, Katie. So in March, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates for the first time since December 2018. How much did they increase rates by? Was it 0.25% or 0.5%? I'll say 0.25%. All right, you got it. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes, so they increased by just 0.25%, and it's really impacted markets. Both stocks and bonds are down in this environment, with bonds down about 9% and stocks down anywhere from 13 to 20%. It's really increased volatility. Okay, I guess I'm off to a good start. Uh, surprisingly to all of us. Uh, question number two, Katie. So the change in interest rates has impacted areas of the market differently. In April of 2021, a year ago, yeah. the 30-year fixed mortgage rate was on average about 3.2%. What is that mortgage rate today if you're going to go out and get a new mortgage? Is it 4.2%, 5%, or 5.2%? I'll say 5%. I'll go right in the middle, Katie. It's actually 5.2%. So it's an increase on average of two percentage points. So that's a huge increase over that time period. Yeah, it's costing us a lot more each month on our mortgage. All right, question number three. Maybe I can go two for three. Go ahead. Okay, so in April of 2021, a six-month CD would earn you 0.17% in interest. So not very much. What is that rate today? Is it 0.2%, 0.5%, or 1% on a six-month CD? I'll say 0.5%, right in the middle again. 
actually 0.2%. So it's been interesting where, well, mortgage rates have spiked and some other interest rates have, have gone up. At the shorter end of the curve, interest rates have not increased much at all. So for savers, for those that are looking to save into a savings account or a money market, it really hasn't increased much at all. Which means it's been a bad few months all the way around for all of us savers out there. Right, Katie? That's right. Uh, All right. Well, next time we'll have a better update, hopefully, from Evergreen Golf Call. We love Katie Versio. We congratulate her on her new title over there at Evergreen Golf Call because Evergreen is everything wealth. Unfiltered. Broncos country is about the history of the game, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about wearing the blue and orange. I'm proud to be a Bronco. It's an honor. It's a gift. I'm super excited about it, and I'm super excited about winning. I came here for one reason. I came here for one reason, and that's to win. I'm not sure how I've been able to operate the last four months without our next guest. (laughs) One of the unfiltered stars during the NFL season, but it dawned on me that I haven't even spoken to the 2000 NFL Executive of the Year since Russell Wilson was traded. (laughs) So here he is, the former GM, and as I call him, America's favorite guest. Randy Mueller. How's my friend Randy Mueller doing? I am doing great, Mitch. I'm sure you have functioned with a clean conscience not having me in your life. I can tell you that. So that's that's part of the deal. That's good, though. Good to be back with you and uh, always good to, to talk about whatever's on our plate. You know, I, I love I love having you back on Unfiltered. Russell Wilson hasn't played a game yet in Denver, Randy, and we're already starting to hear contract demands five years $250 million, every penny guaranteed. With contract demands like that, you must feel good that you're out of the business and talking to me these days. <laughs> well, uh, as we talked about, whenever it was before, when this was kind of rumored to be the fact, he was going to ask for a new deal. And it would not surprise me if he didn't ask the Seahawks for the same deal. We'll never know. I get it. But that was really on the back burner of any deal that I would make was the fact that at some point he's going to ask for a new deal. You just saw it coming. It was part of Agent 101 in the in the playbook. So I don't know if that entered into John Schneider and Pete Carroll's thought process, but it would have mine. Yeah. And there's no way I would have wanted any part of it. So it's not surprising. He has kind of set the table in Denver. They have given what they had to give to get him. And guess what? He's in a position of strength now with the Denver Broncos. So So maybe you just answered my next question, because as days and weeks unfolded after the trade, Randy, more and more it felt like it was Wilson who pushed the Seahawks to trade him as opposed to the other way around. But they had to know, as you point out, that $50 a year demand was coming, guaranteed Mm -hmm. demands were coming, And if they weren't willing to pay it over the five years after this year, then they had to move him anyway. No question. That's why it's not a shocker to me. And I think I think they moved him before the Deshaun Watson deal went down, though. Right. Right. So the full guarantee probably came after the Deshaun Watson deal. And hey, that's what every front office in the NFL is going to hear now. Every time a quarterback even enters in the negotiations, that's going to be the ask. And that's why the ownership around the league 
is so pissed at the at the Browns because of what they've done. Yeah. And that's why everybody's sitting and waiting to see what happens with Deshaun from a suspension standpoint, because the rest of the league wants to expound their pound of flesh. They just they don't like what they're going to see. They don't like what the Browns have done. And this is just one indicator of it. Whether Denver ends up giving him a deal like this. I don't know, but I do know this. Russ has the he has the hammer now. Why wouldn't they? How how could they possibly not give him, you know, within reason? And when I say reason, yeah. if there's another guy in Cleveland making two thirty, how could Denver yeah. spend all of the resources to bring him there, play mm-hmm. him for one year, and then not give in to the fifty million dollar a year request and demand? They can't. They got to give it to him, right? They're hostage. Well, they got to make a deal. I don't know if they have to make it for fifty million, but they definitely have to make a deal. Yeah. And how do you know? I mean, put the value on that, Mitch. That's what you do for a living, right? Put your GM hat on. Put your GM hat on and tell me what's what's he worth? What what Russell are we getting? I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't either. I don't and I did an it for a living for 30 years. I don't know. Well, I would think that if you're going to pay a guy $250 million guaranteed over five years, he would have to walk on the field and make any team that he walks on the field for an automatic Super Bowl contender. I don't mean a playoff contender like he made the Seahawks the last couple right. of years. I mean a guy who gets $250 million, walks onto that field, and it really doesn't even matter what's around him, what's on defense. Mm-hmm. He's got to be right there and then automatically a Super Bowl con- And I don't see that in Russell Wilson, especially this iteration of him as he doesn't run around and use his legs as much as he used to. I think there are, look, I don't think that Russell Wilson has any trouble being a good quarterback for the next five years. The question is, can he be a transcendent one as Mm -hmm. he, as he throws from the pocket more and more often? That's my question, Randy. Yeah, I agree with you. And I don't think we're going to have the answer. I think they're going to have to place the bet knowing what they know now. Yeah. And that's really what it is. It's an allocation of resources on a hope that you're getting the Russell of a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. not the one that finished the season in Seattle. And I don't know. I mean, you're talking about a brand new coach, a brand new system, a whole new layout. And there are a lot of other questions, even besides Russell Wilson's skill level at this point. So we're on, while we're on the topic of the Cleveland Browns quarterback situation, they still have Baker Mayfield. Yep. Do you believe what Pete Carroll and John Schneider want us to believe which is that they are prepared to go to the starting gate with Drew Locke and Geno Smith. I, I for one, believe that they're laying in the weeds until the Browns either cut Baker Mayfield or are willing to take on the vast majority of that salary in a trade, which apparently they're not willing to do yet. And maybe they're not willing to do it yet, Randy, because they don't know what's coming from the league on suspension from Watson. They figure, geez, if Watson gets thrown out of the league for the next eight game for eight games or some big number, we're going to need Baker Mayfield to go in there and play the quarterback position. How much time do we have? <laughs> I mean, seriously, how much time do we have? I got to lay down on my couch and then I'm going to start talking. Go ahead. Holy mackerel. There's yeah. a lot of to unpack there. Um, I think, first of all, the Seahawks are doing what they should do. I think they should lay in the weeds. And your question was, do I believe what is coming out? I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid that we're okay with where we're at, but I understand the business part of it and why we have to say what we're saying. I get it. Cleveland, on the other hand, has to do something with Baker at some point. You may be right in that they are waiting for a answer from the league office, 
But how about this? What if the suspension is a year and eight games, not eight games? Oh, It's out there. So the rest of the league, trust me, is waiting too. And they don't like the way it went down. The rest of the owners, and I'm just speaking for myself, nobody else, but having been around it for a long time, I know how they think. I'm just saying they're they're all waiting for a substantial suspension. And I don't view six or eight games as substantial. I really don't. I think that's a slap on the wrist for all the accusations and everything that's come out. I was going to say, I think the Browns are in a little bit of a pipe dream if they think it makes any sense at all for Baker to come back in that locker room. I don't think he goes. I don't think it makes sense to do it. I don't think their team wants that. I think that ship has sailed. But to that end, I think they've overplayed their hand. I think they're hoping that somebody's going to give them something for Baker, which I don't think is going to happen. And I think eventually, yes, they will have to cut him. And I do think like you, and I concur that the Seahawks will be waiting as the good guy on the street corner and drive by and pick him up. Randy, That's it, just sounds, my intent. it sounds to me like you feel like a big suspension is coming, that the NFL quietly, other teams, other owners, other front office people are expecting something really substantial from Roger Goodell's office. Yes or no? I don't have any expectations. I know how the other teams feel. One, on how the Watson thing went down. Two, the contract that he got. I know the other teams and how they feel. And I know how owners are, too. Owners are pissed about it. They don't like the fact that this guy, you know, was moved for what he was and how they went about it and how they avoided it by cutting his salary down to the minimum and then fully guaranteeing $230 million for a guy that now has 24 different civil cases against him. So the league wants Roger to clean it up. I think that's a fair assumption. And so I think everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen. And, and I think it's got to be substantial to make the rest of the league kind of feel whole, at least. They feel like they've been played. And that's just my feeling. I don't have any inside info. Right, right, I'm just saying, right. been there, done that. What you're referring to is they gave him a million-dollar salary the first year just in case he gets dinged for a yes. lot of a lot of the first year. Then he doesn't lose a lot of money. So as the Seahawks sit, Randy— you can't find one expert or the Vegas odds makers <laughs> that think they're going to be any good this year. As someone who's been in the front office position as you have, do you think John and Pete know in their heart of hearts that they're not going to be good this year? Or do you think they legitimately are saying to themselves, what are people talking about? Five and a half, six wins. We're going to win the division. We got a good enough team right now to win the division. What do they believe in their hearts? Well, I don't know, but I, I sense that they don't quite feel as comfortable as they've made it sound. That's for sure. I don't know how they could. I think it's a tough spot to be in. I think look no further than the Vegas odds. I mean, you said it. What is it? Five and a half five and or a half. something like that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. There's only two teams worse last time I checked. Right. I think it's Atlanta and and. The Jets? I don't know. Maybe the Yeah, Jaguars? Detroit's even more than that. Yeah. Jacksonville's even, I think, more than that. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, something around there. But that's the company they're keeping where they are. And I'm not saying Vegas knows everything, but right. you'd, you would be hard-pressed to find any NFL people or analysts that would concur that we're okay going this route. But I understand that they're doing this, I think, for a reason. And you and I talked about it. There, There's another shoe that has to drop, and I think everybody figures that that's going to happen at some point. Whether it's Baker, I don't know. I thought it might come during the draft. It didn't. So they are putting their eggs in the, into one basket. And uh, let me ask you this, and this is maybe out of my 
bailiwick here, but did I not see a video that the offensive coordinator put out on social media selling the wares of Drew Locke yes. about being this? Yeah, or, yeah, I've never yeah. seen that before in my life. I've yeah. never seen yeah. a sales job done yeah. by people inside to try to make us all feel better. In the meantime, Randy, what do they do with DK? Can you believe the money? Another reason, yeah. great reason that you're not in the business anymore, that you're better off with me than... Can you, can you believe what wide receivers are getting in the last six months, what these guys are getting? Uh, Jason Lockenfora came on our show and he said he thinks that DK Metcalf is not A.J. Brown good. He thinks he's more Hollywood Brown good. I don't agree with that because I think when you look at A.J. Brown and DK Metcalf, I see very similar stats. I see very similar history. I think they're about the same player. What, what do you think they should? What do you think they will do with DK? Great question. Um, I think to answer your earlier point, though, some teams are paying wide receivers crazy money. Some teams have elected not to. Kansas City elected not to. Green Bay elected not to. Tennessee. Now, maybe Seattle, because they don't have a $40 million quarterback, can if they want. But I think it comes down to philosophy as much as anything. And we'll see in time what they end up doing. I know they've been public about, hey, we hope we can work it out. We want him to stay here. But Again, it's a philosophical decision to pay a receiver $25, $30 million a year. That's a philosophical decision to pay any non-quarterback that kind of money. And me as a GM, it would make me nervous. I'll say that. Uh, It would make me very nervous to commit that. The teams that elected to not do it are the teams that have veteran coaches, but also are very confident and experienced play callers as well. Andy Reid, LaFleur in Green Bay. These guys know that their offense is going to supersede any particular one player. I don't know that we have that here in Seattle. So they might be a payer because there's questions about the whole offensive scheme. And, and obviously the coordinator still settling in with what his job is. So but it's interesting. But don't they have to decide now? Why? Uh, well, because either we're paying him or removing him. Why? He's got another year at least, right? He's got a year left. He's got a year left and he's a free agent. So if you're not going to pay him starting next year, don't you want to get something for him now from another team that is willing to pay him starting next year? for the contract? I think they'd be hard-pressed to get what anywhere near what Kansas City got for Tyreek Hill. I don't think they, I don't I think that's pie in the sky. Um, I'm probably with lock and four in that I don't put him in that category at all. That's just me. I would not. I would hang on to him. I would worry about franchising him later. Okay. You have control of the situation. Okay. So many of these teams, I think the teams that let receivers go, yep. they still had control too. But they said, we're not going to pay a receiver that kind of money. So it wasn't really about Tyreek Hill or it wasn't about Devontae Adams. It was yes. about we're not paying a receiver. So I think that decision has to be made at some point. Maybe they've made it now. Maybe they haven't. But I don't think they have to make that quite yet. I learned on MuellerFootball.com that there are lots of question marks around the NFC West. Let's get a quick comment from you on the three other teams, and then I'll let you go. Number one, Kyler Murray. He wants over $40 million now. I think he's got two years left on mm-hmm. his contract. There's still a big cloud of uncertainty surrounding him of how good really is he? I don't even know how mm-hmm. good he is. Mm-hmm. I, I think if I were the Cardinals, I know he's threatening to sit out. I'd, I'd call that bluff or I'd, I'd challenge him mm-hmm. on that and say, hey, no, no, no. We'll negotiate with you with one year left on your contract. You play this year and then we'll figure it out. What do you think should? What do you think will happen 
in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, I think it, from the sounds of Steve Kimes' last comments, he's hopeful they get something worked out and said it would happen before September. Wow. I'm with you. There is no possible way I'm going that route. I understand Kyler Murray's timing. He's tied to the coach, right? He's tied to, to the coach in every way. And what if they fade again in the second half of the season? What do you think is going to happen to the coach? He may not be there, so I may not get my money. So I understand he's demanding this now, but there's no way. Did something happen between when we saw him walk off the field in no. the Rams game where he has his body language was awful, his leadership was awful, and he was still struggling to see from the pocket open receivers? I don't think we've seen anything change, have we? No. He's got to step up and do it. This is not AAU basketball. We don't get to have handlers and get taken care of. This is NFL football. So at some point, you got to prove it. And I think he's his game just hasn't developed to the point where I would be interested in paying anything like that. But it sounds like they've made their decision and they're willing to pay him. How much? I don't know. You've got Jimmy G and Trey Lance in San Francisco. Does anyone outside of the Bay Area think that Lance is ready to be the quarterback of a playoff-caliber football team, Randy? I don't think so. I, I, and the people I talk to would concur. Um, he's still a, a project and trying to work it out. It's, it's hard to get on-the-job training at the level of a playoff team, you know, at the expense of a playoff team. And I don't know how Kyle Shanahan looks at everybody in his locker room and says, we're better you know, by shipping Jimmy G out of here, mm -hmm. which I don't know that that's going to happen. I think that might be what they want to do, but I don't know who's going to take Jimmy G at 20 million or whatever it is, no matter what. I think at the end of the day, and I've said this from day one, they ought to keep him and just let Lance win the job. If he doesn't win it, he's okay for another year. It's fine. But we got a playoff team. We're going to take a step back while Trey Lance learns the ins and outs of NFL football. And so I, I, I would find that I would be nervous about that. I would really be nervous. And and I think the rest of the league is kind of hopeful that they play the kid because they've seen yeah. the ups and downs that are going to come with him, you know? And that's not to say he's not talented or might not be good someday, just not today. <laughs> and, and then there, there are the world champions in Los Angeles. Aaron Donald, I don't know. I've made it a habit never to buy a retirement threat from athletes that are in the money-making prime of their lives like he is. I mean, mm -hmm. either way, if he wants to play, I would think he's going to get thirty a million a year, something like that. Mm -hmm. Well over a hundred million, probably guaranteed. <clears throat> I, yeah. I don't know. I, I I have to see it to believe it. A guy walking away from a hundred million in the NFL these days. Agreed. But if I was going to want it to go away, I'd pay Aaron Donald. <laughs> That's the kind of guy that I would pay, without a doubt. You know, why 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 not just pay him and remove all doubt? Then the stories go away. He's not going to give it back. So once he's got it, he'd have to give it back if he walked away. So I would that to me is a no-brainer. I think they have to. Now, whether they can, I don't know what the rest of their cap looks like, but that's a rumor that as a GM, if I'm less need, I'm going to put that to bed by paying Aaron Donald. He's worth it. Um, he should be the highest paid non-quarterback. He's probably the best defensive player in the league and has been for two or three years. Let's knock it out. We're not going anywhere without him. I'm just afraid of the renegotiation for football season from Randy Mueller and MuellerFootball.com. I, <laughs> I, I, I stay up late at nights wondering when the agent's going to call me and ask me for a raise. So I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding that phone call at all costs. I love you, Randy. Thank you very much for being back with us during the offseason, if there's such a thing in the NFL. And I can't wait till we visit again. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Mitch. I'll have my people reach out. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, it's time for a visit from Jordan Flowers, who leads the cross-country mortgage team in Kirkland. How are you, Jay Flo? Hey, Mitch. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. It's been a while. Yes, Good to be it back. has. It's nice to have you back. With numbers skyrocketing, how can Jay Flo and his great Kirkland team help Mitch Unfiltered listeners? these days? Yeah, it's a great question. And one we're getting from clients also, rates have been going up pretty sharply over the last couple of months, but we have started to see it level out. Rates actually kind of tick back down slightly. It is a great time for buyers to be buying. Even with the higher interest rates, it's actually providing a bit of an opportunity for buyers to not get into quite as many multiple offer competitive situations and wonderful time to be buying and getting that house you want and not getting in such competition and then just take care of it with the refinance with rates when they come back down. Jordan, tell me a little bit about buying rental properties and other unique programs that you guys offer at Cross Country Mortgage. Yeah, we are actually doing a lot with investment buyers right now, one to four unit properties. But we do also have a unique service coverage ratio program that allows you to not provide any income qualifying documents. We qualify off of the income the property itself produces. So we're just evaluating the collateral piece and if it's going to be a good investment for you. So Jordan, even with the numbers a little higher these days, you're still helping refinance clients pull cash out for various reasons. Yeah, yeah. Those rate term refinances that were just clogging up the system a year ago have mostly subsided here, but we are helping a lot of clients with cash out refinances, equity refinances to pay off higher interest rate debt, as well as pull that cash to buy that second home or investment property that they want to do and put that money they've earned in their house to work on more real estate and helping people build more wealth. So how do I reach you? If a Mitch Unfiltered listener has questions about what they just heard, where do we find Jordan Flowers? Yeah, same bat line, same bat channel, 425-890-2957. There you go, Jordan Flowers in Cross Country Mortgage, the Kirkland office. He's been an incredible partner. Mitch Unfiltered would not be possible without guys like Jordan Flowers. Unfiltered. Well, millions of Americans watched the PGA Championship on TV this year. A few thousand got to see the action in person, but there is one fan who was embracing the moment, really living in it so much that Michelob Ultra took notice. It was Andy Warhol who allegedly said, in the future, everyone will be world famous for 15 minutes. Although there's some debate whether he actually uttered those words or not, but that's beside the point. Enter Mark Ratatick to Mitch Unfiltered. His 15 minutes are hardly up. The successful CPA and consultant for many years in the Kansas City area decided to attend the PGA Championship a few weekends ago in Tulsa. And that's when it all changed. That's where it happened. How are you, Mark? How you doing? Good to be on your show. Sorry to make you tell the story another time, but you should be damn good at it, Mark. Well, yeah, I am. I have told it numerous times, but I don't mind telling you again. I just happened to be at the PGA Championship in Tulsa uh, on the first hole, waiting for Tiger to tee off, and uh, he tees off. Couldn't see the – we were 300 yards down the fairway. His tee shot, a little errant. matter of fact, hit a guy about five feet away from me. The ball fell at my feet. You know, everybody's circling the ball like you see on TV when somebody's in the rough. And uh, so all of a sudden, here comes Tiger. And I am a guy that kind of, as they say, live in the moment. 
and uh, and also not great with my video phone. So I just uh, <laughs> put my phone away and wanted to watch uh, Tiger walk up to dress the ball, see it hit the ball. It was a tough second shot. Happened to have a beer in my hand and just, uh, like I said, lived in the moment, watched the shot, and uh, the picture went viral. Oh. And someone uh, stated, hey, vibes to this guy because he's in the moment watching the shot without a cell phone. Everybody else in the picture was in their, on their cell phone, and um, it just went from there. Man. It's been crazy. Friday, round two, following Tiger in the rough. There's like 20 or 25 people in the picture behind Tiger as he hits the shot. Every one of them is holding a cam phone except for you. You're holding your Michelob Ultra in your hand. By the way, it's a good thing that you had the label facing the camera, whoever was taking the shot, right? <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't necessarily – it wasn't intentional. Just, uh, <laughs> like I said, uh, just uh, holding my uh, my 25, ounce of, uh, 25 ounces of Mick Ultra and uh, watch, watching a great moment. Is the truth that you were watching a great moment or is the truth like what you just said – you're not very good with your phone anyway, so it wouldn't have done any good to have it out because that would have been my issue. I'm not sure I would have even been able to take the video on my phone. Well, you know, it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I, I do. I mean, even usually if I'm you know at a wedding or a big, a big event or a baseball game, usually I'm with somebody who's got their phone out, and I usually say, hey, you can send it to me later, but I do enjoy watching it live. I, I, I really do, and I was I'm a hack golfer, but I also wanted to see how his swing, what he was going to do, how he swings his club, how he addresses the ball. So just taking that moment in. I saw an interview with you on a TV show, and you said you learned something from his shot out of the rough. What'd you learn? Teach us. Yeah, just in terms of his backswing. I, I got a, my backswing is just too inconsistent, and uh, sometimes it's too short. And you know, when I'm in the rough, sometimes I try to go back too far, and he just kind of, you know, he just had a really sweet, smooth swing, and uh, the way he hit the ball, I just, uh, I don't know if I'll ever be able to uh, emulate it again, but uh, I'm, I'm trying. So, how did the picture get out? Do we know who even took the picture? And how did it make its way into the hands of Michelob executives, Mark? Uh, you know, it's a good question. Uh, I saw one article, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, but I think it was, uh, it might be from like Getty Images or something like that. And, and uh, he posted the picture, and some other person on Twitter saw it, posted, uh, you know, that, that statement, look at this guy, he's in the moment. And then Ultra... They saw it. They must, you know, I'm sure they follow Twitter, mm -hmm. saw the, uh, saw me pointed an arrow said, uh, let's find this guy. I, there was a lot of people that knew, uh, that I know my family that was looking at the, you know, was on Twitter, saw it go viral. And my older son, Steven sat there and said, that's my dad. I can get you in touch with him. <laughs> and they did get in touch with me a couple of days later. And, uh, you know, we're on our way. Tell us about the phone call when they got in touch with you. What was that like? Oh, it was, it was kind of interesting because, uh, you know, they said they wanted to do, you know, an ad campaign around it, do a social media commercial, which they did, and then talked about, uh, you know, uh, using my image and likeness and, uh, you know, offering me, uh, as they said, copious amounts of uh, ultra <laughs> and uh, merchandise and uh, sending me to other PGA events. I am going to the senior event 
up in Des Moines this weekend, going to leave tomorrow morning for that. And they're putting me up, you know, uh, treating me up there and uh, be able to meet some of the golfers up there. So it's, uh, it's been worthwhile, you know, and now we've got shirts and hats and uh, they're proposing a can, you know, limited edition can. So I'm sure we'll be continuing to talk. Hopefully we will. Unbelievable. Copious amounts of beer, lots of attention, a beer can coming with your likeness, T-shirts already out, a commercial that's already out. Has this become a money-making opportunity for the former CPA or for the CPA? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. You know, we'll have to see. You know, we'll see where this goes down the road. Sometimes the 15 minutes of fame does last about 15 minutes. I think this thing's got some legs. Uh, You know, I would love to continue to promote uh, Michelob Ultra. Love their their slogan around it. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. So, you know, I've been kind of been quoting that around. And uh, I'm down at a CPA convention right now, and uh, you would have thought I was a rock star. But, uh, you know, I, it doesn't take much for CPAs to be impressed. So, that. Anything about this this newfound fame been annoying to you, Mark? Anything Anything problematic about this? whole thing well no not at all you know like i said i've always been kind of a fun-loving guy like like to interact with people pretty social person i'm known as the michelob ultra guy matter of fact came down (laughs) to the convention and that was my name tag you know the the michelob ultra guy uh they make coasters with the pictures on it so kind of a celebrity and at least and i know in this world but uh uh no you know what i've been having some fun with it and and uh I've enjoyed doing the interviews, and uh, uh, you know what? This this is something I won't forget. I heard you say that you've been hearing from long-lost friends and family members that you haven't seen or heard from in years and years and years. Any weird ones? Uh, I can't say weird ones, but some people that I, that I have not heard from, from for years and years and years, and, and uh people in grade school that I hadn't talked to since grade school. And they've, they've somehow tracked me down and uh, uh, knew how to get a hold of me. And uh, that was in a way that's kind of weird. I don't know how they got a hold of me, but I'm glad I heard from them and uh, cousins that I haven't talked to in years that live. Uh, my one cousin lives in Alabama. I hadn't talked to her in a long time and she called. So, you know, it's all been good. It's like, it's almost like a family and friend reunion tour. That's fantastic. Do we have any idea, Mark, if Tiger is aware of the Michelob Ultra guy? Has this got to Tiger Woods, you think? You know, I don't know. You, you know, I've been asked that question uh, before. I don't know that. And I, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if he, he has or not. I would love for it to happen. I would love for him even to sign the picture and, uh, or if he wants even, uh, you know, give me a phone call, you know, I'd, I'd be glad to give my number to him and, and, and talk to tiger. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's got plenty to do other than, uh, maybe try to find the um, Michelob Ultra guy, but, uh, you so, know, would love to see it happen. So how do you put it all into perspective? Here you were, a successful businessman for a lot of years, a CPA. I'm sure I haven't followed you, but I'm sure that you've done some really nice things in your life. You started off in St. Louis, Missouri. Now you're in the Kansas City area. You were the you ran a company for a long time, and yet it's this, all of that, but it's this, Mark. It's the, it's it's holding a beer behind Tiger Woods, watching a golf shot. 
that really has kind of defined you. How, how, are you okay with all this? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's so funny you say that because it, it, it was so random. I mean, just so random. You'd be, everything had to be perfect. The Aaron shot, get the guy next to me, ball fall on my feet, put my, you know, I have my phone in my pocket and holding a beer. Mm. And who would have thought, you know, and, uh, you know, I guess the perspective is you never know what's going to be thrown at you at life. And, then, you know, as I said in one of my interviews, you know, they said, have you gained any perspective from it? And, yeah, life, life's kind of short. Life's fleeting. You know, what's the quote Ferris Bueller? You better stop and take a look around because life's going to pass you by. So, uh, you know, it, uh, it's, so from that perspective, and I'll be honest with you, you know, it's, it's given me, a, uh, you know, a newfound perspective in terms of just, the power of social media and what it can do. So, but uh, yeah, it's been fun and very enjoyable. Well, I'm happy for you. You sound like a hell of a nice guy and I'm glad that you're enjoying this time. Continue to enjoy it. Maybe we can get Michelob Ultra to put a few pesos in your pocket. Mark Ratatick <laughs> uh, joining us from Kansas to the Kansas city area, the Michelob Ultra guy who was standing behind Tiger Woods with that beer in his hand instead of the camera and his life changed immediately. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for being on Mitch Unfiltered. Great to visit with you. Yeah, great to visit with you. Thanks for having me on. Time for a visit with Dan Black, the president of Zeke's Pizza. It's springtime at Zeke's. How you doing over there, Dan? Yeah, hey, Mitch. Yeah, springtime's fun because our patios are opening up, and so... It's always fun to drink beer and eat pizza on a nice patio on a nice day. And so there's more of that going on all the time. And it's fun. Would you say that most of your locations have outdoor seating? Not most of our locations, but certainly most of our full service restaurants, which we call pizza pubs. So, you know, if you're going to a Zeke's that's got a full bar, spirits, craft beer, all that stuff, there's likely to be outdoor seating. And you guys continue to grow like a weed. We've talked about Spokane a little bit. We haven't spoken of Mill Creek White Center coming soon and, and a couple of more. Tell us about those. Yeah, Spokane opened. We talked about that a little bit. Mill Creek opened and is doing well. White Center's coming up really soon. And then beyond that, we've actually got three more that are reasonably close. We've got Seward Park, Renton, and Duval in that order. And, you know, more deals coming all the time. And you're hearing from Mitch Unfiltered listeners I'm hearing through the grapevine? Yeah, that was pretty exciting. We, we've we actually got a couple of leads, no deals closed yet, but specifically that came from Mitch Unfiltered oh, and wow. heard about us there, which is obviously a huge stoker, but I'm a little bit worried that my invoices are going to go up now. <laughs> they are going to go up. They are going to go up. All right. I, think, I think that I've decided when I don't go with original cheese, like my mom's favorite, Cherry Bomb is my fave on the Zeke's Pizza menu. Where is it in, in the in the pecking order? Well, first, we still got to get your mom up here sometime and cut it into squares for her like she's used to it. Is it Camilli's? You or? got it. Camilli's. Yeah. yeah. Um, in Florida. But you're not alone on the cherry bomb. It's definitely one of my favorites. And it's outside of cheese and pepperoni, probably the most popular one. And it's certainly the one people talk about the most. So, yeah, cherry bomb is cannot go wrong with that one. What are you drinking these days from Zeke's? Yeah, this time of year, I kind of transition. You know, we order a lot for delivery and I, I use Zeke's for my grocery store for beer. We have better beer than you can get at the grocery store. So when I order, I just I order enough for the next couple of weeks and stuff that I can throw in the cooler and stuff like that. I'm really excited for you guys. You've been a great partner back in the radio days and now with unfiltered Zeke's Pizza homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. 
Okay, the other stuff segment. Still a lot of things that we haven't discussed that have happened over the last couple of weeks. The R- I know there's a, a lot of RIPs. Oh, the RIPs we'll alone could be an entire segment. I mean, turns out people don't wait for us to come back on the air to pass away, so they just keep coming in. And, you know, one's a friend, and yeah, it's going to be kind of a long one. But I have a quick kind of lighthearted one if you want to real sure, quick. Sure, sure. A man who was a ch- he had a brief but kind of key role in the movie Jaws, which you'll tell me you never saw. I saw it. You did see that one. I did. Okay. Well, he's been named the police chief on the Massachusetts island on which the movie was partially filmed. So you remember the movie was about the police chief who wanted to keep everyone off yes, the beach. Yes, I do, yes. So he was actually in the movie, and now he's the police chief on that island, so it's kind of interesting. Good for him. And now you're going to say, well, what? who was he? I mean, he, you said key role. He was one of the kids who did the, the little fake fin and he scared the hell out of everyone because there was rumors of the. Sh- he was one of those little two shitheads <laughs> that had the. He had the fake really? fin. Yeah, that was his role in the movie. God. And now he's the police chief on that same island. So there you go. I, th- I like that kind of stuff. You brought up your ticket and what you're going to do with your ticket. Are you going to fight the? T- you've already started to fight the ticket. Well, it's not due for a while, so I'm putting it off. But yes, I'm going to do what the people tell me to do. Is just say it wasn't me, and it wasn't me, by the way. If anyone. There listening. was a story in the Seattle Times in the last week about how many people don't pull over when they're supposed to pull over. For, did you read this? No, but I know it drives me crazy. I know what you're talking about, I think. No, you don't. Oh, emergency what, vehicles coming? No. Oh, sorry. No. Okay. When a policeman yeah. is trying to pull you over for a routine traffic stop, Oh. apparently there's a surge in Washington State of people that are not pulling over. Because they're not paying attention, or they just say, I don't want to? I'm not pulling over. They just decided. It's a terrible situation, the police are saying. And here's the reason why. Something I never knew and the reason I'm bringing it up on Mitch Unfiltered. All right. House Bill 1054. A sweeping bill, relatively new, that says high-speed pursuits or pursuits are barred in the state of Washington unless under very limited circumstances. Police officers can't give chase unless there's reasonable suspicion to believe the driver is impaired or a higher standard of probable cause to believe they're an escaped felon or have committed a violent crime. Now, if the, that I knew, actually. I it, knew that they couldn't just do it. Because high-speed chases are very dangerous. So that that's I why. did know. That's yeah. why. Because yeah, yeah. they're trying. Apparently, there's been a lot of deaths in high-speed chases. Yeah. Are you telling me <laughs> that I don't have to stop? Well, hold and on. He and, he can't fo- and he can't chase me? Is not allowed to chase me. Is going 45 and a 25 considered a high-speed chase at this point? I mean, you have to define high-speed chase. Okay, let me bring it to you a different way. Okay. I have been pulled over in these little traps where you're going down a side road and and an officer steps out with his gun and he points at you. Oh, I hate that. Okay? Nonsense. The way I read this article in this bill, (laughs) I could go right by him. (laughs) Yeah. And he can't... What can he do? Can he... He can get my license plate, I guess, as I drive by him and write it down. But can he then issue me a ticket by license plate? If if we've never, if he's never pulled me over, I can go right by him and and no one really can do anything about it. See, I had this thought when I got pulled over by a bicycle cop. <laughs> I was in my car and I thought, how fast can this fucking guy pedal? <laughs> I'm ready to put it to the test here. And my first thought was to flee, <laughs> but I didn't because there were three of them and they kind of surrounded my car. I had my foot on the brake. I'm going zero, and I'm looking at my phone, and he pulled me over on his bike. But I had the same thought. Like, what's he going to do if I just take off? But, yeah, I guess if they have your – you know what? I'm knocking on your door, I guess, would be the answer. If they have your license plate number, right? I don't know. I don't know what the law is on that. 
But that, that's interesting that people are just saying, no, I'm not, I'm not going to pull over. Are you going to follow it's me? It's at an all-time high. They actually keep track of it. And, they, they, and I think there were 1,000 in the state of Washington, 1,000 incidents in the state of Washington over a six-week period. I'm doing this based on memory. From like March to April. No, that's wrong. March to May. Okay. Over a six-week period, 1,000 or 900 and something vehicles refused to pull over when the lights came on behind them. They just... And, and officers are not apparently allowed to... I guess they could follow you, but they're not allowed to chase you unless they have reason to believe you're an escaped felon. Yeah, yeah. You committed a violent crime. Wow. Or that you're um, impaired. Maybe I guess I they could always say you're impaired, right? You could you could change lanes without a signal. Right. And they could right. chase you because they... Well, he's impaired. He, he swerved a little yeah, bit yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they could always know, find I, something. I I don't know how that works. Maybe I'm just a big baby, but when the lights hit me, I go into panic mode. Are I you pull kidding right. Me? I, I stop breathing. <laughs> I, I don't want them I to even. my parents. I don't want them to see, even think for a second I was trying to get no. away. No, but this put this. These guys have more guts than I do. I could changes, never do this it. This changes everything. It, it kind of does. The next time somebody stumps in, a police officer jumps into the road yeah. and points at me, yeah. I'm going to wave to him. Point, point back. With now, I'm not going to point back. I'm just going to wave. I'm going to say, have a nice day. I'm going to go. <laughs> See what happened? No, you won't. There's what? no. I would love it, but you won't. <laughs> no way. Okay. All right. You remember the woman who made a small fortune selling her own farts in jars? We're not doing any sports this segment. I, I thought we were doing other stuff. Yeah, we, other we stuff is a sports segment. Yes, it is partly sports. Go ahead. Go ahead. This people want to hear about the woman who used to sell her farts in a jar. Okay, I'll do Quinn Snyder, the Dodgers. She was eventually hospitalized from yes. excess gas. We did the story. Do you yes, remember? I remember the story. Well, yes. there's an update. She's yes. she's left that life behind her. You know that that was a former life. She's not doing that anymore. She's okay. on the straight and narrow. Okay, go ahead. Make it. A, there's a she's new way a, to make a living. Let's hear what the straight and narrow is. Well, she's now selling her boob sweat. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Same woman. Yeah. If the sun is shining, she claims she can be able to fill 10 bottles of sweat jars in just one day, which are then sold at $500 a pop. This woman. <laughs> I love sitting by the this pool. This is true. But it's also hard work. Don't be fooled, Steph was quoted as saying. I'm here to say, I think I could give her a run for her money in that department. I got my own. <laughs> Nobody wants it for 500 bucks, do they? All right, I'll give you a couple of sports ones. Quinn Snyder quit. Oh, Quit the Jazz. Why? Had a great run. Had two more years left on his contract. Yeah. They wanted to sign him to a big money extension. Who needs that? Quit. Says they need a new voice. Needs to get away from basketball for a while. My guess is he'll be back with another team. Not immediately because I guess he can't because he's got two years left on his Jazz contract. Okay. But I believe he'll be back and he'll be, be, he'll be paid a lot of money to coach somewhere else someday. He was very successful with the Jazz and he's quit. Does this re Mercer Island's Quinn Snyder. That's right. And he's the reason I used to watch Duke. That's okay. why I became a fan. There I loved Quincy. But does this reek to you as he already has a deal somewhere? No. And he's talking about, oh, they need a new voice or not. I mean, do you think this is... Well, I don't think he can because I think that the Jazz would have to let him out of the contract. You go... can't talk to anyone or like... You said have a new deal with somebody else. Like a handshake. Like, hey, look, if you quit to... the Jazz, yeah. we'll bring you over here. You can't is what I'm saying. He's got two years left on his contract. He can quit the Jazz, but the Jazz would have to get my compensation from another team. He's under contract with the Jazz. You can't just decide to quit and then go coach somewhere else. Okay. Maybe in two or three years, yeah. once the contract would be null and void, I don't know how that works, but after a while. But if you're asking me, do you think? Do I think he's got a handshake deal with somebody else to coach right away? Yeah. The he Jazz can't. would have to accept that. Yeah. The Jazz would have to say okay to that. Seems weird that he would just... He, he, you said he's successful. He's going to make a lot of money. He's been there. He's been there a few years, six or eight years. 
It was a very successful run, yeah. except it didn't go deep into the play. I guess he may have gone one year deep into the playoffs. Okay. Certainly never won an NBA title. And uh, yeah, he said, this team needs a new voice. Wow. And uh, I'm, he claims he's doing it for the players and for the organization. Okay. <laughs> he's no Frank Layden, but the Los Angeles Dodgers open the season. Would you like to guess what the Los Angeles Dodgers payroll is to start the season? It was an article earlier in the week. Uh, I have no clue. I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. The Seattle Mariners payroll, I believe, is about $74, 75000000 million okay. for their 2022 team. What is the Dodgers opening payroll for their team in 2022? 120. Higher. 150. Higher. Come on, 200? Higher. 250. Higher. 300 million? Higher. Didn't they get rid of Seager? Like one of their good players too? $400 million. $310.6 million. And they better be in first place. Which means they've got a a tax bill, a luxury tax bill of $47 million. That's the tax that they have to pay other teams just for paying so much to their own players. Gotcha. By the way, that tax bill, I believe, is more than some teams are paying <laughs> the Royals. For, their entire, for their entire team. <laughs> and awesome. you wonder, you wonder, I, I don't understand it. I guess I guess I don't understand baseball. How how do teams that pay 50 or 60 or in the Mariners case, 75 million? To their team, how do they compete with teams that are paying three hundred and ten million? Well, it's not that. I mean, that's just incredible despair. You don't always get what you pay for. Look at Robbie Ray. Yeah. Yes. Right. I mean, twenty-five million. Yes, but still seventy-four versus three hundred and ten million. The Mets are paying two eighty-nine. The Yankees are paying two sixty-one. I remember when $100 million, if you paid $100 million to your baseball team, yeah. it was crazy. Like Yankees, right? $100 million. 100, like, oh, George yeah. Steinberg, $100 That's million. That's right, yeah, yeah. Gosh. The Mariners are trying to compete with teams that are paying $310 million for their team. And every time there's like some sort of lockout or something, the owners love to cry poverty. They love it. Clearly, it must be worth it to win a World Series, right? Clearly. Clearly, clearly it must be worth and it. And I got this one about a – I like this story. I don't know that you'll care about this story, but it's the story of a golf ball. Okay. Can I tell you the story of a golf Please ball? Please do. A week and a half ago, a 13-year-old named Preston Miller was playing at Minneapolis Golf Club. Okay. 13 years old. When he struck a ball on a par three and did what everybody's trying to do, capture his first ever ace, hole-in-one. Gotcha. 13-year-old Preston Miller had a hole-in-one at the Minneapolis Golf Club. At which time he grabbed the ball and instead of doing what everybody else would do, which is put the ball away and then put it in some sort of trophy case, yeah. he continued to play with the ball. Okay. About three holes later, he hit his drive in the woods and he lost his ball. Oh, no. Oh, man. In the woods? He couldn't find it? Couldn't find it. Wherever he hit it, he Woo. couldn't find it. It was gone. Okay. He lost his ball. Oh. So at the end of the round, everybody's celebrating his hole in one. He's in the grill. Everybody's having a drink. Everybody's yeah. celebrating. And some a lot of guys say, where's the ball? And he says, I don't have the ball. Oh, poor kid. You don't have the ball. Yeah, I continue to play with it. And I lost it on 14 or whatever. About 20 minutes later, the doors of the grill swing open. And they hear that another guy, a couple of, couple of groups behind him had a hole in one on a different hole. Same, wow. same nine, whatever. Same golf course. Different hole, yeah. like 16. And so now everybody's drinking and celebrating him. Some guy says, 
Do you have the do you at least have the ball? Yeah. And he says, "Yeah, it's a ball I found." Oh no. <laughs> oh my gosh. I found it in the woods. Oh. And it's got 13-year-old Preston Miller's the logo of his middle school on it. Oh my god. The same ball was a hole in one for two different people on two different holes of the same golf course. Unreal. So there's pictures now making the rounds on social media of Preston Miller and Ricardo Fernandez both <laughs> holding the same ball. Now, how often does that... Would you ever just pick up a ball and play the last few holes with it? Sure. Oh, you would? I of didn't, course. I thought people were kind of like... Why not? What? <laughs> I thought they were like brand loyal or... No. You don't give a crap. Hey, this ball looks better than mine. I'll use of it. Of course. Oh, okay. I didn't know of that. Of course. That's awesome. But I don't recall finding a ball and then having a hole-in-one with it. <laughs> you don't recall that? <laughs> and it already had been a hole-in-one about an hour earlier on a different hole. Now, who gets anyway. to keep it? I love that. He, well, the 13-year-old, right, gets to keep it. I hope Ricardo did the right thing. I hope so, too, yes. I hope he did the right thing. All but right. I, I like the story of the goal. Love game. that. That's amazing. What are the chances that a ball would be a hole-in-one ball, get lost, get found, right. and then be a hole-in-one like an hour later on a different hole. So crazy. Crazy. Great Out story. Yes. All right, your buddy LeBron James became the first active NBA player to have not one, not two, not three, but nine zeros in his net worth. One billion. Well, earnings or net worth? Net worth. He's yeah. officially a billionaire. a billionaire. Good for him. 37-year-old four-time Great champ. for him. I love him. Now, there's only two other basketball players to become billionaires in their yes. lifetime. One's I hear a easy. stump the band question. That's nah, pretty easy. I mean, you could go with the greatest of all time. Well, the one say. is really easy, but I'm not sure that I... Okay. I, it's a pretty good question, isn't it? Uh -huh. I didn't give you a number uh -huh. to guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The first one is Michael Jordan. Anyone yes. could do that in their sleep. All right. Yes. There's only been one other, which I don't know if that's interesting. Are we talking but... about an athlete or... A, or a... No, no. Basketball player. Really? There's been three basketball players. To become billionaires. Oh, well, I would think Magic Johnson is a billionaire from outside of sports. No, he's not on here. Yeah, you from would his think. movie from all of his businesses. He's a co-owner of the You'd Dodgers. Think, yeah, he's got. So I don't know what, whether. Go ahead, tell me who it is. Kobe Bryant. See, okay, I would have guessed Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Ultimately, I would have guessed, Kobe, but I didn't think of him as a billion. I didn't think of him as a billionaire athlete. Yeah, I know. I wonder how. Well, hmm. I mean, I'm sure he sold apparel. I mean, who knows, right? But yeah, you'd think Magic, although Magic's earnings are probably not even close to what LeBron and Kobe oh, made, right? Oh, not from basketball. Yeah, not no. from basketball. No. So he had some catching up to do, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's why yeah. he's not a billionaire. Yeah. What do you think of Johnny Depp's $10 million verdict against Amber Heard? I think uh, he better not spend that money because I'm not sure he's ever going to see a nickel of it, is what I think. I think they'll appeal. But did he restore and... his reputation? Everybody's talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and Stranger Things. Were we all waiting to do it in this segment? Were we all waiting for Johnny Depp's reputation to be restored? I mean, what does that even mean? Like, I, for some reason, I think I'm the only one on, in the country who didn't really give a shit about this trial. It just felt ugly, and the poop in the bed, and two people hate each other, and they're suing, and it just. The whole thing just felt so ugly to me. You would think I would like it, right? You think I would know everything about it. I thought you were going to say when you said that I must be the only person in the world. What I thought you were going to then say, <laughs> dot dot dot, yeah. was to never have seen Johnny Depp in a movie, and then I was going to say, no, you wouldn't be the only person even in this room. Oh. <laughs> never seen. I have never seen Johnny Depp in a movie. Not Pirates. Not one of the Pirates. And uh, never seen a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Would he have been in something maybe in his younger days that the I would night, have liked? A Nightmare on Elm Street in 1984. Never saw it. Okay, he had a small part in that. I don't think I've ever seen huh. Johnny Depp except in a courtroom. <laughs> Was he on 21 Jump Street? I think he might have been on that TV show. I didn't see it. it. Okay. 
Yeah, it is weird. I mean, Johnny I, Depp. Outside I, I of even Pirates. Know, I don't even really know who he is. Oh, he was in that, that great one where he played the undercover mobster. He was an FBI agent, I think. Donnie, was he Donnie Brasco? Maybe. You see that? No. I think he was Donnie Brasco. Yeah, well. Why do I think of Marilyn Manson when I when I think of Johnny Depp? I, no, I have no clue why you would think of Marilyn Manson and Johnny. Although he's being he's in trouble too for women. Yeah. All right. My my up. You're up. Boxing legend Eric Butterbean Esh. I remember him. You remember old Butterbean? Where is he these days? Let's get him on. Well, he's on the verge of a comeback after returning to his best shape ever. We love when athletes say that, right? <laughs> But by the way, was he ever in shape? I mean, his best <laughs> no, shape ever. How no. hard is it? He was called Butterbean, for God's sake. Guess who he wants to fight? One of the Paul boys. Jake Paul. Sorry. The heavyweight, he's now 55 years old. He's been retired since 2013. However, he's been working hard in recent months to get back into shape. He's been working with former WWE star Diamond Dallas Page. Now, D Triple D or whatever, D -D DDP. He's worked with, like, Jake the Snake Roberts. He helps people with this yoga that he invented. He helps them get clean okay. and sober. Okay. So I, I wouldn't put it past Butterbean to get in great shape. I just don't know what 55 <laughs> if he needs to be fighting Jake. Great Paul. shape. But, but you see what all these guys, they know that with Jake Paul, it's instant cash. Like, these fights, people yeah. buy them. And it's yeah. like, it's weird. We have to go to this YouTuber to beg him for a fight to make a couple bucks. Yeah. By the way, you know I had lunch with Butterbean. I think I do know that. Yeah. And he, so he worked in a factory forever. Yeah. And was completely faithful to his wife, he said. He's telling yeah. me and little Jimmy this at lunch. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. And now that he, he got a little fame, remember the king of the three rounders or whatever? Yeah. He said he had a woman in every city. And his wife's totally Butterbean? Cool. Butterbean. Had a woman in every city. He told me and Jimmy that to our face. Butterbean? At a lunch that he and I picked up, me and Jimmy. I'll never forget it. Jimmy was none too pleased about that. <laughs> I had to hear about it for like the next week. We paid for the lunch, but that Butterbean, this guy, he Butterbean. says, he's like, it's easy to, to be faithful. To, you know, you're as good as your opportunity. Anyway, Butterbean's making a comeback. I've got the Good Samaritan Award of the Week. Oh, I like it. Got a California woman was looking to furnish her home. She got a surprise of a lifetime when she found a sofa on Craigslist. Yep. She brought the sofa in. And found $36,000 hiding <sighs> in a cushion. I'm wrestling with this one already. ABC said... ABC7 reports Vicky Omoda was looking for furniture for her new home in Colton when she found a Craigslist ad for two sofas and a matching chair, all for free. She didn't pay for them. Oh, wow. The family giving away the furniture told Omodu uh, a family member had recently passed away and they were liquidating everything on the property. Okay. I don't know, liquidating. If you don't get any money for it, is that liquid? Liqu I guess it is. Yeah. Umodu said that she never thought of keeping the money after she found it, and she returned it, all of it, to the family who had discovered hundreds of dollars hidden through the deceased family member's home. Okay. So this deceased family member was hiding money all, yeah. all along. Sometimes old people don't trust banks. They throw it in coffee cans. Like, you know, they, they live through the depression. I don't know. $36,000 in a couch? I know. To her surprise, the family gave her $2,200 of the 36000 Yeah to buy a new refrigerator and a thank you. I was not expecting a dime from him. I really was not, she told the news station. I'd be lying if I didn't say I'd think that's a little light if that were me. That's a little light, 2200. I'm bringing $36,000 to you that just could have been mine in untraceable bills. Really? And you're going to give me 2200? Really? What's the number? I mean, I, I don't know. I At least 10%? I mean, I don't know. I Five grand? I mean, you, you were this close to losing $36,000. All right, now I'm giving you 31000 back 
Would you take that over losing? Thir- I mean, that seems a little light. Well, you would take that's a that's a stupid question because you would take eighteen thousand. Well, you of take course, 10, so uh, you take five thousand. Does that make it right to to give their thirty one of the thirty six? What's appropriate? Thirty one's a little closer to thirty six, though. I mean, you know, you, so you so you had to eat five. By the way, it wasn't even their money. They didn't. They didn't even know it existed. It wasn't like they've been working hard for it and saving it. It's just. That's true. It's just so found you knew money. The story. I, I I read it and I meant to put it in my notes and I just I guess okay. I forgot. I thought that was kind of light. Twenty two hundred. Oh no. I mean I loved. I love. Never thought about it. I love her for doing it. I just feel like that. She should get a little bigger reward. Just found money. No no skin off your nose. But what's there. the number? I think ten five per, grand. Five grand feels right. You're, feels right. You're okay. still in the thirties. It doesn't. It's funny because when I bad. read the story. Yeah. And I copied and pasted it. I, it never dawned on me that 2200 was light. It didn't. Until, okay. you, until you just said it. Well, maybe I'm a jerk then. I guess wow. people will reach out to us and tell us what they think. So I got RIPs. Yeah, so I got RIPs too. We should probably get into it. Marion Barber. Marion Barber. Oh, found dead in his Frisco, Texas apartment. Good running on back. Kind of in the Marshawn Lynch Very vein. much so. Both Very wore 24, Went to the University of Minnesota. Was a, just a bruising running back. Absolute beast. The, do we know what happened to him? I still don't know. No. no, we don't know. But yeah, he was 38 Start years old. Start CTE. Yeah, who knows? Start Maybe that's CTE. why they didn't release anything. But I don't know. Jeff Gladney, Arizona Cardinals. Yes, Arizona Cardinals, 25 years old. Former first-round draft Car pick. accident. Yep. And then uh, the 26-year-old woman he was dating at the time also passed in the crash oh, as well. God. Brutal. 25 and 26. Yes. And then Ray Liotta. 67. I, that happened, I think, right after we recorded. Well, or we have the a next couple day. more, yeah. Yeah. Ray Liotta, 67. As far back as I can remember. Died in his sleep. I always wanted to be a gangster. Great movie. Saw it. That one you saw. That one I saw. You happened to watch Goodfellas. Absolutely saw it. Such a great movie. Loved it. Enjoyed it. Yes. And then the song right after, I think, is that old Rags to Riches song. Oh, I love that movie. But he's best known for his Shantix commercial. (laughs) Yes, that's that's exactly what he's best known for. When he's throwing the ball to the dog. Yes. The kind of freaky, I don't smoke anymore. There was a little bit of something going on. He there. was just in the... Why, I, and why did he do that commercial? Well... A lot of money. He probably quit smoking. It probably helped him and then a lot of money. Yeah, why not? I used to make fun of that commercial because it was A, a little bit bizarre. He was a little bit bizarre and a little yeah. a little uncomfortable in that. And then there was the scene in the backyard where he was throwing the ball, but the... The dog, but the the yard wasn't big enough. Do you recall? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. But I remember the side effects. I don't think we're allowed to make fun of that commercial anymore. He'd be cool with it. Wasn't he just in something? Wasn't he just in The Irishman? I don't know. He was. I just saw. He always plays the same role, doesn't he? He's kind of a freaky character. I think he might have. Yeah, he's always a mean guy. I think he tried to stay away from like the Goodfellas typecasting because he was red hot at that time. Yeah, and then he sort of embraced it later in life. Wasn't he in Field of Dreams? Yeah, he was in Field he of Dreams. He was Shoeless Joe, I think. He was Field of Dreams, yeah. Yeah, so Ray Liotta, that was, that was 67, does not feel that old, does yeah, it? Yeah. I feel like he's just always been around. And then this one hurt, Alan White. We both knew him. Yeah. The, I just brought him up on a recent podcast, did I not? Yeah, because I was with Fish, I told you. Yeah. And Fish came to visit him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think Fish knew that maybe his health wasn't great at the time. And so, yeah, we just talked about Alan White. And, yeah, we knew him. He was a fan of your show. And that's how Fish met him, right? I don't know if he was a fan of my show. I'm not not going to go there. Yeah, he, he was. I can, t- I can tell you that he was a friend of Fish. Yeah. And Fish one day, many, many, many years ago, says, I want to introduce you to some people. And it was Alan White and Gigi. I can't tell you that I knew much about Yes. Yeah. All I knew was I was being introduced to this guy and his wife. And they, for the next several years, I would see them a lot with Fish, you know, out at events. They'd come to our show events. Yeah. They'd come to the bigger dance stuff. 
And he was just a super sweet guy, like the, the most jovial, kind of fun-loving, always laughing, always, always had a drink in his hand. And a story. Gigi was great. Yep. And I was really, really sad. And I just we just brought him up on a, on the show, and then I turn around and he's passing away. Yeah. Seventy-two years old. Seventy-two. Really yeah. The, the endless amounts of stories with him. He told me one time, just he and I at a bar before a Sonics game. He yeah. said one time John Lennon called him. Like, wait, what? You've had this in story uh, this whole time. John Lennon called him and said, "Hey, I need a drummer. Do you want to go on tour?" I've, I've read this. It's actually was in some of his. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Alan told me like face yeah. to face. I, I was like. Really? He said, yeah. He goes, I, I was literally in the back seat of a plane with Lennon and his band. I got drumsticks. I'm hitting the back of a of an airplane seat trying to figure out the, the beats and the rhythms to these songs. I, I didn't know him. On a plane with Lennon. And I'm fig- oh he was also God. the drummer on Imagine, the song by John yeah. Lennon. So yeah. I think that's probably how he knew him. But the amount of stories with him. I, I used to go see Yes a lot because I could get in free, of course. Because, you know, Schnurr. I like to get into free stuff. I remember being in, in Vegas with him and he was playing the Hilton. And I just happened to bump into him in the lobby. And he goes... By the way, uh, our, our set's going to be 90 minutes tonight. I was like, oh, 90 minutes? That seems kind of short. He goes, yeah, 90 minutes? That's like three songs for us. <laughs> and it's it's funny if you know yes, because they do have these enormously long, I saw them complicated for, songs. I remember after getting to know him and Gigi, now that you say this, Fish was pushing me to go see them. Come see them. Come yeah, yeah. see the guy drum. Right. He's a great drummer, and I, and I didn't really know much about yes. And I think he brought me out to the winery. Is it possible? Yes, that they performed right here? I saw him at the winery. Okay, so I, I went to that show. I went yep. to a show okay. at the winery, and I saw him, and I and I felt a lot of a lot of pride. Like, I was... I was I, my chest was out. There I, I know the drummer. That's right. I know the drummer. And he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, got inducted a few years back. Oh, okay. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Sorry to see that. God, I hope Gigi and the, the kids are doing okay. Me too. Gosh. That's a tough one. I sent a note, but uh, yeah. Last one, last story. Fish and I are backstage. I'm with my girlfriend at the time. He's with his, his first wife. We're backstage at a Yes concert at the Paramount, but it's 1997. Right? It's not 1982. There's yeah. no one back there partying. Yeah. Right? It's, I mean, you know, they're all older. They're all like sober and vegan. And, you know, they're like different people. Yeah. So Fish and I, we, we discover the little room where there's just booze, free booze everywhere. And like, no one's touching it. No one. It's literally the four of us. Fish's wife is opening sugar packets. She's making lemon drops. We're back there. We're partying. We're drinking. And the guitar player for Yes, named Steve Howe, walked in. And if you could have seen the scowl he gave these four <laughs> heathens back there drinking all their free booze. Look, he looked at us like we were the biggest creeps oh, on Jesus. earth. Anyway, I, I loved Alan. I loved hanging out with him. Gigi was always generous, always got me in any show I asked for. And yeah, this one hurts. So anyway. Really hurts. Rest in peace to Alan so White sorry. from Yes. So sorry. George Shapiro, you might know the name. He's yep. one of the most famous talent Jerry managers. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yep, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. He was 91. He was also Dick Van Dyke, uh, Mary Tyler Moore, yeah. Carol Channing. He was yeah. just big shot. You don't know the name. Well, you know her likeness as an infant. It's graced the labels on Gerber products for more than 90 years through the, the little decades. Baby? The baby. Ann Turner Cook dies oh at 95 years old. Oh her face was on there for 90 years. And they, they kept it secret for a while. People thought it was Humphrey Bogart, Shirley Temple, Elizabeth Taylor. Nope, just a lady named Ann Turner Cook. So rest in peace to her. All right, I got some headlines unless you got Before, some more stuff. Well, one, one more RIP. Yep. The name Bart Bryant probably doesn't mean anything to you. He's a three-time winner on the PGA Tour. He once outdueled Tiger Woods oh. in, a big, in a big tournament. Wow. Not a major, but a big tournament. Okay. Bart Bryant, he had a brother who also played. He was 59 years old on the Champions Tour. He and his wife were in their SUV. They were stopped at a construction site. You know how sometimes they wave and ask you to stop? Yeah. A big truck comes oh. bu- comes behind them, doesn't see that they're stopped, goes right into them, gone at the age of 59. Wow. 
Yeah, that, those construction sites can be, if you're not paying attention, yeah, you just come to a dead stop and typically you don't stop there. And so, yeah, you can just kind of be so on the autopilot. Truck, the, the, no, well, they were stopped. Yeah, but I mean, the truck was probably so on autopilot. I've been here a million times. Young kid driving yeah. the truck, didn't see it. There's no lights on here, you know, yeah. Right, uh, in, right into the back. Sorry to hear that. Okay, headlines. Time for jokes. Yes. All right, a 70-year-old. jokes. <laughs> a 70-year-old Pakistani man broke a Guinness World Record by using his hand to crush 21 apples in one minute. Bad news is he once injured himself in high school while under the covers alone at night. A high school custodian <laughs> safely Cringy. confined a curious cougar in an empty classroom, authority said. Look at cougars now trolling the high schools. Man, those women will stop at nothing. Police in New York removed 8,000 honeybees from the side of a building in Manhattan. Police say all the bees were unharmed and safely collected, except for some of the black ones. Federal authorities say a man has been arrested in North Carolina. He was stopped in the Charlotte airport with over 23 pounds of cocaine concealed in the seat cushions of a motorized wheelchair. Boy, that Madison Cawthorn cannot catch a break. Or he was a real high roller. I don't know. I couldn't decide which one to go with. That's it. I'm done. I'm now 45 minutes late to a meeting I'll never get to, but it's cool. What meeting? I, it, it's all-stars. It, it's nonstop. It's six practices a week. It's meetings. It's parent dinner. Meeting? Yeah. Parent meeting? Parent, it, it, try on jerseys. It's, it's. By the way, you said if Piper makes it to the Lily World Series, you're going to North Carolina to watch. Don't forget. You're in. I'm putting you on the hook for that. Episode 193, <laughs> You won't ladies go to lunch with Tracy. You're going to fly to New North Carolina for my cockamamie daughter. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> Episode 193, ladies and gentlemen, in the books.